0: Are you you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? (laughs) Brooklyn, stand up. Go!
1: Oh my God, it's exciting. Week 10, where I mean, every I think every week I say, like, wow, we just keep moving on. But I mean, it's, it's awesome. I mean, mm-hmm. so the IRS on Take podcast, we are your hosts, Liam Spellman, Max Adams. Yeah. Um, we got a lot to uncover. We got a big blockbuster deal uh, happening in the NBA. Uh, we got Wednesday Night Football. That's the most 2020 thing I've heard of. And we're also going to talk a little bit about Nate Robinson getting dropped. I mean, it's crazy.
2: Yeah, I mean, how can we not talk about that fight? That fight was a spectacle and nothing more, nothing less. Uh, just so many weird things happening, so many big names. Um, we also got, we're going to break down the NFL power rankings to this point in the season. Playoff stretch is coming. Um, the witching hour of the of the NFL season, if you will. Um, as well as we're going to talk about the, the best quarterback to skill position duos after the week that Pat Mahomes and Tyreek Hill have. So we got a great show on deck for you guys today, and we hope you enjoy as you do every episode.
1: Absolutely. Uh, For starters, though, we're going to start with uh, the NBA and uh, John Wall and Russell Westbrook trade. I I mean, for me, I know that was wild. I did not expect that to come.
2: Yeah, no, I thought they were going to at least give it another year. And uh, the Westbrook thing was he he uh, vouched for Steven Silas, who they ended up hiring as coach. So Mm. I thought that they were going to try to make that work. Um, It seemed to be all speculation and just like they weren't happy with the role. That they had um, with Mike D'Antoni's offense. With Mike D'Antoni's gone, so I thought they were going to try to give it an, an extra year, and not. I just thought
1: Washington was going to give first, it another but, year too, because I yeah, thought they yeah. wanted to see what John Wall could do.
2: Yeah, I mean that John Wall is a big question mark right now because he hasn't played in ages. So yeah, it, two, it's like two full yeah, years. Yeah, it, it's interesting too because Harden Harden reportedly preferred Wall before Russ, which doesn't make it. any sense because they've never played together before. So I mean, it seems that report kind of seems like a stretch. But yeah. I don't, I I don't see why he would prefer him over over uh, Russ.
1: Who who would you say is the is the better backcourt?
2: Better backcourt of, the, of those two. Oh, of Beal and and Westbrook and Harden, or
1: John Wall and Harden? Yeah,
2: I would say that Beal and Westbrook would will gel better because. John Wall's still not a shooter. You're still going to have the same pr- problems you were presented with right. going into last postseason. I mean, Westbrook had a stretch where he was going nuts and really carrying that team. But that was when Jar- uh, James Harden kind of took a back seat and yeah. he didn't want to do that. So I think that the chemistry will uh, prove to be better because Bradley Beal can play off the ball and he's more equipped to play off the ball. And right. used do it with John Wall being the main guy for the last five years or so before he went down. So I think – and plus, Westbrook has the supporting cast like he did in his MVP season. So I think the Wizards are going to – I got the better end of this deal.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Especially – I think you you brought it up a couple of days ago or when it happened, like Westbrook in the East is going to – that's going to be very interesting to see
0: because mm-hmm. uh, obviously
1: the East is, is the weaker conference. But I, I like the uh, the John Wall and Harden combo, it, barring if John Wall comes back kind of to a similar player that he did but when he when he wasn't hurt, because uh, that that could be a good mix and that, they could complement each other very well.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm very interested to see where that moves. I I'm uh, I'm concerned for the Rockets just because I I don't know if I can call them a playoff team right now with yeah, their supporting especially in the cast,
1: West. especially in the West.
2: Especially in the West, you got the Suns up and coming, you got the Kings looking to make moves. You got a lot of guys that have taken a back seat in the West a lot for a lot of years that are gonna look to make a playoff push. And I, the Rockets are seem to be on the cutting room floor of the West. I
1: think I think every team in the West can make the playoffs except the Thunder. Everyone like except except them, everyone else can can make it. So it's gonna be but the Rockets, yeah, I I would say they definitely got worse, but but I mean with Harden, you obviously have a chance to make the playoffs every year. Yeah,
2: they got rid of uh, Covington too. So they yeah, and they cool. brought in Bookie, w- which is going to go well with John Wall. Mm-hmm. Um, they have the still
1: like uh, Tucker, right? PJ Tucker.
2: Uh, yeah, the PJ Tucker's still there. Um, I believe Daniel House is still there. Yeah. They got rid of Gerald Gerald Green, which I didn't like. But yeah, the Rockets are a big question mark in the West right
1: now. Yeah, yeah I'm curious to see how that do- that goes uh, for for both teams, though. It's good. It's going to be very interesting. Uh, but I'm excited to see. Absolutely um And then, and then moving on Wednesday night football. I still can't get over that. We had a Wednesday night football game at three. Not even night. It was Wednesday afternoon, three forty in the afternoon.
2: Yeah, it threw off my whole schedule because usually Thursdays, like I'll do homework, I'll sit down and watch Thursday yeah. night football, and I I couldn't do that yesterday because I had to go get a haircut and I had other stuff that I had to do. I didn't, <laughs> and it was at three forty in the afternoon. It threw my football watch, watch, watching schedule all out of whack. Yeah,
1: I know we were talking in our group chat, and then. I was like, oh, like terrible throw by Big Ben. And Caden K- Maynard was like, wait, wait, there's a game going on right now? Like you he totally forgot about it. I mean, yeah, it I, sense Wednesday afternoon football.
2: Yeah, I had to remind my barber because they got they got a TV over there and they got their fire stick whenever they didn't even have it going on. I had it in my like in my hand on my phone and I was like, yo, you know there's a game on, right? Like and I was talking about RG3 and he was like, Wait, yo, there's a game on? And I was like, Yeah, like
1: yeah,
2: it was the big they moved it from Thanksgiving. It was talked about. Like, are you not following? Hello?
1: Yeah, I guess not. But let's let's talk about the game itself. I mean, obviously the Steelers won. Uh, they're eleven and zero, which is. I remember, I remember, I had a hot take early earlier in the year that said there would be an undefeated team this year. Uh, I I still have still am hoping that, but I, I don't know. I'm curious to see how they can end up. But I mean, eleven and zero. That's that's no slouch. Yeah,
2: they're hanging on by a thread. I think if RG three might have finished that game, or if that tight end, whoever the hell filled in, that Hayden Hurst looking guy. Um, yeah. Uh, catches that ball at the end of the first half. They lose that game. They ended the game with 19 points.
1: Yeah. So, I, well, you uh, said RG – I wanted to see RG – that's your boy. I wanted to see him play well. I, obviously, he didn't, I, he didn't play to up to what we both wanted to, but I would have loved to see him kind of go off.
2: Yeah, I, I was I was pulling for him. I was rooting for him the whole way, and then uh, it kind of sucks to see him get get like minorly injured, and he's out again this week. So Trace McSorley is like, at the helm against the Cowboys, which sucks. I really <laughs> wanted to see. Him. I need more RG three in my life. But is, um,
1: is Lamar out too? Definitely.
2: Yeah. Um, okay. As of right now, okay. uh, unless that game gets moved again, which I don't think it will, because yeah. like they can only move it one more day. So, I don't I don't think – it's looking like Lamar is going to be out for a second straight game, like you saw with Cam Newton earlier in the season where he got COVID, he missed two games, he had to come back after after two tough losses. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the RG3 did, did decently. Obviously, he didn't throw for much, but he was good on the ground. He, he measured him well. Yeah. Uh, I, that's all you can ask for from a guy that hasn't really started in two, three years.
1: And they're playing against a 10-0 team at a time. Mm-hmm.
2: One last thing I gotta add too is uh, the Bud Dupree injury is gonna that hurts. That hurts. You're already down Devin Bush. That linebacking core is now down to T.J. Watt and a bunch of no names. So
0: I I I'm
2: concerned for their for their um, undefeated record. They have a tough matchup I think this week with the with the football team. I think Mm. that that's a lot better than advertised matchup.
1: Yeah, Mm. that's a good point. (laughs) Uh, then our third thing uh we're gonna talk about boxing for a second I mean that's that's the first time it's been brought up in the show really Well, we talked about it last week with the sh- the fight happening but mm-hmm. I mean I know I know we both watched it but but me rocks it was just so funny to me watching him box
2: oh my God holy hell was this a spectacle like um the Jake Paul fight I mean i I kid you not before the start of that fight i I looked to both my mom and my sister and I said them with a straight face if I was a betting man and I had the little amount of money that I had right now I would put all that money on Nate Robinson and then overhand right slumped it was yeah. that was one of the worst takes I've ever had that was, was, <laughs> that was that was horrendous I think my hate for Jake Paul kind of got into the way of like yeah. what really was about to happen yep. so I well, would the, have uh, good thing I'm not a betting
1: man. The, the first round of the fight looked like they were like 100 Nate Robinson was hugging him. like they had no idea what was happening. Oh
2: my god, I thought it was a prom. I thought it was the <laughs> they just won. They just won king and queen. Like yeah. it, it was unbelievable.
1: Oh, but he really, he really didn't. Nate Robinson didn't even stand a chance. I mean, he he tried to go go into the body a little bit, but but John Jake Ball would start throwing those haymakers. It was he literally went to sleep.
2: You could tell that Nate Robinson, even though he's he's claimed to have been training for a while, had never had a real fight that wasn't like in the streets of some hood in like California yeah. ever. He ran at him like full sprinted and like went to tackle him, and I was like, Nate, we're not. This isn't football. This isn't basketball. There's no need to really be that quick on your feet right now. Just yeah. like steady, keep it steady. Although, like, I don't have to be a be able to like be a boxer. But right. I, like even that, I know like it, you just approach him and like just you don't run.
1: Yeah, no, I do. I do give him props for getting in the ring. Uh, I'll give him props for that. But I mean, he was he turned into a meme.
2: Yeah, no, an overnight meme, and okay. it is very, very unfortunate given what Jake Paul said before the fight, how his kids shouldn't watch it, and blah, blah, blah and he turned out to be right, and yeah. I, I hate that. Yeah. So that's. That's unfortunate. But we got to talk about the main event, too. Uh, Tyson, first of all, was baked this entire fight.
1: Yeah. Uh, Did you see the interview before? The, I know we talked about it.
2: Before and after the fight, he was making goat noises. <laughs> after the fight, he said that, I'm happy with the in. Uh The crowd was happy. The crowd was happy. There was nobody there. There was nobody. It was just a broadcasting booth. There's nobody the,
1: there. The goat noises. I literally, I was watching my dad. I was laughing so hard.
2: I was looking down because I was like waiting for the fight to start, and then I hear that, and I was like, "What the hell, Mike? Like, what are we, what are we doing?"
1: Oh, god!
2: Like, uh, somebody.
1: The, the fact that that fight was a draw, though, was just I did not like that. Oh, like that. Tyson clearly won. That
2: was not a draw, even with Tyson baked out of his mind. Roy Jones Jr.'s ribs all broken. There, he's, yeah. he's full of Drew Brees right now. He, yeah, he's he's still ice body shots. Up. The only shots that that Roy Jones Jr. really landed was like when he the the look away ones where he was like just throwing right. out a jab without looking. He was hoping not to get decked. Like that was the only thing he did that entire fight. Yeah,
1: yeah Tyson clearly won that. I, I was kind of mad that they gave it a draw, but I mean, I guess it makes sense. Just maybe, just for the heck of it, because it was an exhibition. But still, I mean, it was really cool to see. We saw a Mike Tyson fight.
2: Yeah, yeah, I can say that I saw a live Mike Tyson fight at 19 years old in 2020. So. Yeah. Pretty cool Something I definitely Couldn't say before
1: Nah right, so that does it For kind of the three Big things that happened This week Uh, Then we're gonna go Into our our two minute drill Last week we had A different kind of order But we're gonna go back To our original order And uh, go into the two minute drill Yep
2: Let's do it It was week 12 Let's go We start in Detroit where turkey legs weren't the only thing up for grabs as now the Lions head coaching job and GM spot has freed up. Someone get Rex Ryan on the phone. You know he'll want both the turkey leg and the job as Will Fuller had the juice on and off the field, chasing Matt Patricia to the coaching graveyard and himself to his couch as he waits for the roid rage to wear off. Houston 41, Detroit 25.
1: In Dallas, Antonio Mel Gibson sure did look like a brave heart as he dismantled the Cowboys defense for three touchdowns. I'm sure Gibson was thankful for the big holes his line was giving him on Turkey Day because he was screaming, freedom as he ran right through football football team 41 Cowboys 16
2: and Foxborough, where what Cooper Manning is to the Manning family is what offense was to both of these teams irrelevant and disappointing 229 yards of passing between both of them that's less than Garrett Gilbert has on the season but the Pats just pulled away at the end as Nick Jonas Folk gave the cards a reason to be jealous as he kicked the game winning field goal 50 yarder as time expired Arizona 17 New England 20
1: in Cincinnati, all the rumbling and tumbling caught up to Daniel Jones as he was forced out of the game after he tweaked his handle. The galloping Wayne Gallman came to the rescue with 94 rushing yards and a touchdown. The G-men stayed atop of the worst division in sports. The NFC East at 4-7. and seven. Giants 19, the Bengals 17.
2: I don't know if I'm going to get through this one. <laughs> in Jacksonville, where, where the Browns arrived with a chub, and then they karemed all over Jacksonville. The Cleveland dominance on the ground came... Continues. Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb combined for over 200 rushing yards, while the Jags and James Harden Robinson keep taking steps back as a franchise. Jackson 25, Cleveland 27.
1: <laughs> in Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers' revenge tour continues the floor since he threw for four touchdowns for to four different receivers. A. A. Run continues to shove his play in the faces of his haters and telling everyone that and telling everyone that Jordan Love is going to need to find a new home because they won the call. Of King of the North ain't going nowhere. Green Bay 41, Chicago 25.
2: In Atlanta, where Deion Roy Jones Jr. delivered a knockout blow early in the second half, recording a pick six, putting the Dirty Birds up for good, and so much so to the point where we had a Nathan Peterman sighting. If you can't tell from that, this wasn't much of a game. Atlanta 43, the rate is six.
1: In the Meadowlands, there was the good, the bad, and the ugly. There was the good, Jets scored first. The bad, that was the only points they scored. And the ugly, they're still all in Uh, Not even good old Clint Eastwood could have saved the Jets from this season. The Dolphins 20, the 0-11 Jets
2: 30. In Mile High, where Jameis Winston was the only lone-listed QB standing, so it's quite the crab leg to the face kind of move that he didn't see the field not one time, as Kendall Jenner Hinton claimed more than NBA (laughs) players claimed more NBA players than completions by a lot, actually, as Taysom One Tree Hill came back for, for custody of the utility QB guy position. Saints go marching, New Orleans 31, Denver 3.
1: In Buffalo, we saw the return of Austin Eckler. Little to no one surprise, he turned to the workhorse role with 25 touches. But it was the Bills who came up on top, at top on this one, as Josh Woody Allen was directing traffic all the way with two touchdowns and a big victory to keep the lead in the division. The Bills 21, the Chargers 17.
2: In the City of Angels, where Sean McVay must have took the week off from the analytic nerd club as his team was clearly not prepared for this game. As Debo Samuel snatched Jalen Ramsey's chain, ran all over him for 133 yards with it, and didn't care that his grandma gave it to him. San Francisco 23, LA 20.
1: In Indy, there was a coronation that was held. The Colts bowed down to King and crowned Derrick King Henry the crown, because they were sure it couldn't stop him from conquering the field. I mean, that dude ran for 140 yards and three touchdowns in the first half. Somebody got to get get King Henry on the sequel to Game of Thrones, but not even the Mother mother of Dragons would be able to stop him. Titans 45, Colts 26.
2: In Tampa Bay, where Mike Chris Evans said he can catch TDs all day. Two of his three catches were such. It was all for naught, though, as Pat Mahomes and Tyreek Hill made it known to everyone that they're the best duo since Instagram Models and the Phoenix Suns as they combined for over 700 yards on the day. Kansas City 27, Tampa Bay 24.
1: In Minnesota, everyone deserves a second chance. Chad Beebe almost cost the Vikings a win because of the muff pump, but instead he redeemed himself with a game-winning receiving touchdown. I love a good revenge story and Chad BB gun sure the that for the Vikes. Vikings 28, the Panthers 27.
2: In Philly, where Carson Wentz continues to fight off Jason Jalen Hurts as much as Brett Favre fought retirement. He kept his job, but the Seahawks and DK Metcalf turned big play slay into no-pay slay, tearing him up all game, racking 177 yards on his head. Seahawks take this one, but spread betters aren't going to let this one go without Doug Peterson's head. Seattle 23, Philly 17.
1: In Pittsburgh, after a long and confusing week, the Steelers remained perfect at 11-0. On the other hand, the Ravens and reigning MVP Lamar Jackson sure looked like looked like to be on the outside looking in come playoff time a lot sure can change in in one year Steelers 19 the ravens 14. all right i like that uh the chris evans one that was good
2: yeah i figured you would like that one that's your favorite i knew that was your favorite event
1: captain america baby i
2: knew you were gonna be all over that
1: (laughs) but i mean some takeaways uh i know we brought them up earlier but i mean tyree killed that man Had one of the best games i've ever seen in my entire life honestly the, yeah, the first quarter itself, he had what he had seven catches, two hundred three yards, yards, and two yeah. touchdowns. Yeah,
2: ridiculous that line. Um, I I don't know what's happened to the Tampa Bay defense, but that they yeah. exposed them to the maximum of capacities. They look terrible, and they might not make the playoffs after such yeah. high hopes after a star-studded skill position uh, room. It's quite ridiculous how far they've fallen.
1: I think they're they're currently the six seed, I think right now as as of right now, uh, but obviously that that can change. They're yeah. seven and five, I believe. So who who knows? Especially in the NFC. I'm
2: trying to think of who's in the hunt in the NFC. I know the Niners are. Uh, know Niners the are Cardinals. Cardinals are still um, in the hunt uh, officially now after the loss this week.
1: Yep, and then the um, the Vikings the Bears. They're five and six, but I mean, I this but the, I think the Bucks are going to get in, um, but. But just by the skin of their teeth, honestly, like they're not going to be a top four seed like everyone had planned.
2: Yeah, listen, if the Niners upset the Bills on Monday Night Football this week, the Niners could very—they get Jimmy G back, I think, next week or the week after that, and they could very easily sweep that from underneath Tom's legs, very easily. So, I—that's a must-win game.
1: The anyone in the NFC West can can pretty much win. Like that division is scary.
2: Yeah, I. I said it in our group chat this week, but is it bold of me to say that whoever wins the NFC West will represent the NFC?
1: No, not at all. I mean, literally any of the teams can literally make it to the Super Bowl and for the line kind of win. I mean, the Cardinals and, Niner, the Cardinals and Niners, like because, you know, the Cardinals don't have the experience and the Niners are hurt. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, no one's going to want to play them, really.
2: Yeah, I mean, in the last two years, I didn't even think about this. The NFC West has represented the NFC in the Super Bowl with the Rams and the Niners. So, I mean, who's next? Or are we going to see a repeat offender?
1: Good point. Good point. And I mean, the Seahawks, the couple years before that too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, So
2: they're, they're common fixtures and representing the NFC. So that'll definitely be interesting to see. I think the only teams that could really have something to say about that are the Packers and the Saints.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. Because they're the only two teams ahead of them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then speaking of the Saints, my, my last takeaway right here, uh, Alvin Kamara is pretty much a non-factor with Taysom Hill right now, which is, Insane because before Taysom Hill was the quarterback, Camaro was honestly one of the best players in the NFL, regardless of position. And yeah. it's crazy. I wrote down some stuff. So he, his rushing has kind of been the same. Like he, he's not been a big rusher, even though he's a running back. He's more mm-hmm. been a receiver lately. Mm-hmm. But his his two games with Taysom Hill, his first game zero catches, second game one catch for negative two yards. Like that, that was baffling to me.
2: Yeah, I mean they won both of those games though, so I think the only people that are probably a little upset about that are fantasy managers that's because right. we're in fantasy playoff season now right and um probably out camara i would assume yeah. and that's really it i mean yeah. as long as the saints are winning i'm sure he's not going to openly complain about it but fantasy managers are, are beating their head against the wall right now
1: absolutely <laughs> uh
2: i took i took two big takeaways from this week one um covid turns like good matchups into absolute monstrosities mm. the the titans bills game earlier in the season was awful the chiefs pats game earlier in the season was terrible and then this week with the broncos and saints game that was horrendous to watch and then the ravens steelers was a oh, very underwhelming so i i just covid has turned like what we think will be great matchups or one of the best matchups of the weekend to basically obsolete and afterthoughts. And it's very, especially because
1: they're they're moved to primetime games too. And you're you're just excited to watch, but it's always, it's like, Oh, this game sucks.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That game was, was terrible. And like, I, I was, I actually wanted to watch the Broncos this week because I was interested to see what Kendall Hinton was going to do. So did I I was so disappointed.
1: I watched the first quarter and like, I, I stopped. I was like, all right, Cool, this guy's playing, but yeah, this is a terrible game to watch.
2: I started him in um uh, in another fantasy league. Did <laughs> <Luckily, laughs> you really? Yeah, luckily I was up like 80 points. He finished with negative two and a half.
1: He finished with and- negative, really? Yeah, because oh, yeah, he had two picks, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: I was thinking that I was going to get the Taysom Hill finesse move, and I got nothing of the sort.
1: Yeah, yeah. the opposite of that.
2: And then my second big takeaway this week is um, this was the week of backups. Uh, we had Trubisky, Peterman, RG3, Trace McSorley, Kennel Hinton, Mike Lennon, Colt McCoy, Brandon Allen, and Nick Mullins. All wow. starters. All wow. starters this week. And, yeah, that that's the biggest amount. It was a lot of fun games to see, if, like, those kind of guys get into. But, I mean, the only people that won this week were, was Nick Mullins. And if you want to count Colt McCoy, Colt McCoy. But he came in with a lead. So, I mean, the one that really won the game outright was Nick Mullins for some reason. I don't know how he continues to, to make us, like... Get into uh, game.
1: relevant yeah with,
2: yeah i don't i don't know what that's about but yeah I, i'll take it uh, any day of the week i mean we're still in the hunt so i mean yeah. we're still we're not dead if we would have lost that game we would have been dead
1: yeah no that's all you can, that's all you can ask for right now especially with the team with your team with all the injuries they are still alive in week 13 is, is impressive to say the least
2: yeah absolutely and speaking of colt McCoy too daniel jones's injury is a lot bigger than people think
1: oh I, I, that's massive especially with the giants in first place now and they play who they got we talked about this. They, they got,
2: got um, Seahawks this week.
1: Seahawks, yeah. That's because that's me. Be, uh, I, I can't see them winning without Jones, but I mean, even with Jones, would have been hard. But, yeah, that's a big, big loss.
2: Yeah. I mean, they, if they could compete with Tampa Bay, I would like to think that they can compete with the Seahawks just because, like, on, on paper, they're the Seahawks are our worst team. Obviously, the Tampa Bay record is what it is. But, yeah. I mean, uh, where are they going to score? How are they going to score? They have no Saquon, mm-hmm. no Daniel Jones. Who's going to get people the ball? How are they going to get down the field? I have, yeah. no, I, I have no idea. And in NFC East where the, the football team is no, now, that's that's worrisome for Giants fans.
1: Yeah. The good thing I would say with the Giants is that the football team does play uh, the Steelers. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a, kind of – they most likely both teams were going to lose, but I think both games are going to be tough. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, so, going into some of the week 13 matchups – uh, NFC West matchup right away. Uh, the Rams Cardinals. That's a huge game uh, for both mm-hmm. teams.
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll take the Rams here. I'll take the money line here and uh, uh, over unders 48 and a half. I'll take the under past two weeks. The cards have not been good and all they have really done. All they really have is their offense. And when they're not clicking, there's not a lot of hope from them. And the, and the Rams have a very good defense. I see them doing more of the same.
1: Uh, I actually think I, I picked the Cardinals actually because they didn't play well at all last week. I mm-hmm. think it's kind of going to be a a good game for them, especially with them needing to stay in the hunt. I think I think Kyler Murray gets back to kind of what he was playing uh, in, in a tough game, but I think I think the Cardinals are gonna pull it off.
2: See, my thing with this game is the the uh, McVeigh and Aaron Donald and Jared Goff. They've all been there before. They've been in playoff races. They know yeah. what they need to do when when they need to do it. So I I see Cliff Kingsbury kind of folding to a far superior coach and Sean McVay.
1: It's oh, not a bad point. Uh, then the Sunday night game, uh, Chiefs Broncos. I mean I got I got the Chiefs no, yeah, I, got no, I don't
2: really think we need to spend a lot of time on this game. Uh, Chiefs are favored minus thirteen and a half, over and under is fifteen and a half. I'll take the over and I'll take the Chiefs money line because thirteen and a half is a b- very big number. But there's not really a lot of analysis that we need to put forward here. The Chiefs have a far better team than the Broncos, and we don't really need to say much more than that.
1: Nope. Uh, two Monday night games, actually. So we got the first Monday night game is is the football team the Steelers, which we talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think it's both. I think it's gonna be a close game, but I got, I got the Steelers going twelve and zero.
2: Trap game. All I, I got Washington in this one. I took Washington. Really, I took them against the spread. I'll also take the under. I did not like what I saw from Ben in the in the offense this week. Um, putting up only nineteen points to a coven ridden ridden Ravens team. I thought they should have did a little more with that. They look very stagnant. They look stagnant two weeks prior to that too, where they're just barely squeaking out wins to teams that they should blow out of the water. So just gonna I was going to say
1: one thing you did say your trap game last week was the Packers bears and that didn't pan out. So maybe I,
2: I think I'm three and one in one and call it trap games because I've, right. called, I've called two of the bucks losses. And I think I called another one before that. And then there was last week. So we're not going to talk about that, but uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I got to believe that Jack Del Rio is going to send his dogs to get in big ben, Ben's face all night in that front seven. Um And that's,
1: that's how they're going to win.
2: Yeah. So that's their only hope of winning. And I don't think Ben is going to have a lot of time to throw. And I think this is going to be a very low scoring game that Washington can, can definitely pull off if they, yeah. if they put out all their chips in the right places.
1: They're playing well. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see that, but I think, I still think the Steelers are just going to, they're going to find a way to pull it out. Yeah. Uh, and then another Monday night game, the the bills Niners huge game for your Niners. Like we've already said, uh, I know I got the bills. I'm, I'm assuming you got your Niners. I, I
2: got to go Niners here. I, I, Everything tells me that the Bills are going to win this game, but I can't go three straight times of having the the Niners and the Pickems and not picking them. I it hurts my soul, so I'm not going <laughs> to do it. Um, give me the Niners money line. Give me the over 48, and uh, we're just going to cross my fingers and hope for the best. Uh, pra- uh, we're in Nick Mullins hands now, so
1: big game. <laughs> uh, and then lastly, we got another Tuesday night game uh, happening. We got the Cowboys uh, and Ravens. I uh, have not been with the Cowboys ever since Dak went out, so I'm going. Even though the Ra- the Ravens aren't good, I'm going with the Ravens. What do you? I mean?
2: also went Ravens here. Um, the over unders to be determined, but I once that under over under comes out, you should absolutely spam the under. Absolutely, like um, the Ravens money line. Uh, my notes say that I think RG three was going to get them this game, but uh, he's not playing. So I Trace McSorley is definitely more of a question mark. But he did throw a touchdown in one of his oh, have, yeah. pass attempts. So I mean. Maybe and they the get next. Mark Andrews back, I think. I yeah. want to say they get Mark Andrews back. They have their running back core back because um, they were eligible to play on Wednesday. They just didn't because they didn't practice that week. Um, but I, I don't think the Cowboys are going to um, pick themselves up, especially after a, a crushing loss on Thanksgiving. Yeah, me uh,
1: So that does it for that. And then we're going to do against the spreads. Uh, for me, I got the I got the Cardinals. Uh, uh, plus two and a half, so they're they're obviously the underdog, but I think, like I said before, I think they're going to pull it off against the the Rams in a in a tight division game. But I think I think Kyler Murray kind of has his big game despite the Rams defense.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, my against spread pick of the week is uh, the Texans have the Colts this week. I took the Texans plus three. Uh, the Texans have covered the last three games and are starting to click offensively. Deshaun Watson is also completing sixty five percent of his passes in those games. They get Randall Cobb back, but they lose Will Fuller. So I think Brandon Cooks, who is experienced in the number one role, um, will take on the Will Fuller role. And um, they I, that game screams that they're gonna they're gonna get themselves back into it. And the Colts have failed to cover um, in two of their last three games. So I I don't see them – I see this being a close game, and I, I think if the Texans don't win, they'll cover.
1: Okay. I like it. Uh, then for our parlays, uh, I'll do mine. Uh, I'm going to do – I'm going to do Colts-Texans. I'm going to go the under there. Uh, the under 51, I'm going to go there. And then the Bills uh, to cover, uh, plus, plus one and a half. And then the, and then the Raiders to cover. Right? And it has, It's a eight and a half spread, but uh, I think the Raiders kind of throttle the Jets after a brutal loss to the Falcons last week.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. That's a big bounce back game. I uh, My parlay, I have the football team plus eight and a half, the Seahawks minus 10 versus the Giants, the over for the Bears-Lions game at 44 and a half, and the over on the Bills 49ers game. Uh, like I said before, no Jan- Daniel Jones, no Saquon Barkley. The team isn't going to get down the field to score. Um, Seahawks um, are a good on enough offense to really cover a minus 10 spread. The football team, as I just alluded to, is – going to keep that game to a minimum of scoring and they're gonna it's gonna be a close game in my opinion and then the over Bears and lions uh trubisky starts this year the bears have scored 27 17 23 and 25 three of those are uh top three scoring games this year and the Lions score plus didn't score 20 plus uh only one time this year when they got shut out against carolina and then the bills niners game just screams points so i, I I think that that will win you guys a lot of money. And I think that'll serve to be a, a very good bet. I like it. Uh- All right. So now that we've ended the first half of the show, this is our bonus coverage segments where we have our, where we always lead off with our sports politics. Um, my sports politics, I, I'm sure you guys have heard by now is um, about the Vanderbilt kicker, Sarah Fuller. Pat McAfee said this week that it's always cool to see someone doing something for the first time. And that it couldn't be more true with the case of, Sarah Fuller, who seems to be the people's champ right now. With all the kicking specialists going down with COVID and the Vandy roster right now, and now former head coach, Derek Mason, looked to fill that void with something historic. And he chose that in the form of the women's soccer team's goalie, um, Sarah Fuller, and introduced her to the gridiron. Fuller, in their, in their following game, after officially adding her to the roster, kicked the most historic pooch kit that kick that we've ever seen breaking the barrier for women to be involved in the highest form of competition in collegiate football and a power five game. And it's something that we've never seen before. And it's something that was really special to watch, even though nothing really came of it and it was kind of a blowout game. It was very cool to, to see women breaking barriers and barriers still being broken here in 2020 um, where there aren't a lot of barriers left to be broken. So I think that's just uh, something cool that we got to cor- cross off this list, uh, this list already. And uh, Sarah fuller will be kicking again tomorrow and we'll look to break even more barriers there with uh, maybe an extra point a field goal here and there uh, kickoff through the end zone something like that I, I'm hoping that she she has used a little bit more this week
1: yeah I know because I, I, I mean I, I like I the game started and then I got it up update I was like oh I want I got I gotta tune in I gotta see what, what's gonna happen mm-hmm. uh, I, I was mad that she didn't get an extra point or a field goal but I mean she still got to be in a game so that's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely if she can do something this week, like that would that would be that would be awesome.
2: Yeah. If she gives them a real kickoff and put puts it like inside the 10 and goes down the field and makes a tackle, I'm gonna lose my mind.
1: Oh my god. I'm, I'll lose my mind. <laughs> Imagine if she tackled someone. If she
2: tackles somebody, I'm she's she's going to the league. She's yeah, league she's at that point.
1: Absolutely goaded. Absolutely <laughs> goaded. That would be wild. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she lay someone out. That'd be funny. Absolutely. Um yeah, so that was yeah, that was like you just said, that was awesome to see. Sarah mm-hmm. Fuller, uh, for my sports politics uh segment, uh, you actually you usually tell me kind of give me a hint on sports politics. Uh, but this I like the one you gave me today. Uh, it was about the Buffalo college football team uh, and the, kind of their meaning behind the number 41. Uh, so in 2016, uh, in March 2016, uh, one of their players, um, Solomon Jackson, uh, defensive end for bu- the Buffalo team. Uh, died from a heart related issue uh, after collapsing during an offseason workout. Uh, and their coach, uh, their head coach of the, of the team, kind of started a tradition afterwards uh, of rotating number 41 uh, th- through the team on a week by week basis, uh, and get, just giving the player uh, get, as an award. Uh, maybe like they would play well the week before. So you get to kind of wear this symbol of a number, uh, number 41, and just kind of use it as a remembrance of, of uh, Solomon Jackson. And that uh, adds tremendous cause. Um, and something that's even more amazing that happened uh, was uh, Jarrett Patterson, who uh, you might know the name because uh, he literally just went off. Uh, he ran for eight touchdowns in an FBS or FBS record, eight touchdowns in one game, and also ran for 400 yards. And he usually wears number 26, uh, but that week he wore number 41. And uh, it was kind of like really cool to see. And he actually, uh, I, I saw a quote that he wrote down uh he said passion said as you know when someone gets the number uh they get superpowers uh he just wanted to represent that that number really well and i think i did that today uh i mean this is just a really good kind of feel good story um like just show kind of just it's nice that i was brought out there i, I know i didn't I hadn't seen it yet so i'm glad you kind of told me about that mm-hmm. uh but this is kind of this is just a really good story and, I, and i'm glad i got to kind of witness it
2: yeah uh, I, I've gotten into the habit of like, cause sometimes we were on dry on sports politics segments and other things. So I've gotten into the habit of when I watch sports center, cause I watch it pretty much religiously. Um, <laughs> I, I put, uh, if I want to put something in the show, I put it in my notes. I looked at my notes this week. I saw that. And, uh, I knew that, that, um, one of us had to do it cause one of us was going to get the Sarah Foley story no matter what, because that was the biggest thing that's happened, uh, pol- uh like barrier wise and a uh, subject like this to this point since we've been covering the show. So um, I, I knew that we had to get both of these work, some of the uh, both of these into the show somehow, and I'm glad we could do so. And I'm glad Jaron Patterson really put on for the number 41 and Solomon Jackson uh, this past week.
1: Yeah, no, I absolutely, I think those are kind of two of our, our best topics uh, that we had in the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, that's kind of just awesome. Especially in, in week 10 of our, of our podcasts is just, I love, I love talking sports and I'm glad kind of, we have this sports politics segment to kind of, kind of transition into a different way of talking about it, not just like stats, but kind of recognizing yeah. just what happens.
2: Yeah. Look at something outside of the game that's bigger than the game.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Um, but then something that's kind of outside of the game as well, but something we love is, is fantasy football. Uh I know my my team struggled last week. Uh I might uh, I think we're tied, right, we said yeah I, we're I, back I at five hundred. I think I've I'm lost very
2: confident that you won this game. Really? I I'm very confident that you won this game.
1: What do you got? What's your score?
2: 108.98
1: thank god 111 <laughs> yeah. wow so that was a bad week for both of us yeah i
2: i think if i would have ended up picking anybody but kyler murray i would have won this game but everyone had a terrible week i mean davlin cook didn't do anything um who were the josh allen had like an eh day my i think my highest scorer was Devontae parker so like my receivers, the Cooper Cup did nothing. that six point one points. Like it was just a, a yeah. blood of a week. I think
1: because because we had a lot of similarities, so that's why our, our our score was tight. Because I had Josh Allen, I had Cooper Cup, mm-hmm. but I think the my biggest guy was uh, James Robinson. I think he had twenty six points, but mm-hmm. yeah, not, not a good week for both of us.
2: <laughs> no, not I. I feel like it wasn't that good of a fantasy week overall, unless yeah, you true. had Deshaun Watson, Derrick Henry, all those guys. Yeah.
1: That's why. So I kind of went with more bigger names this week just to kind of get my score up at least. God dang. Um, so I'll, I'll start my uh, my top performers, my two top performers, uh, go with my guy. I usually always have at least one Packer, but uh, Aaron Rodgers playing the Eagles last time. He played very well. I mean, he's he's hot. Uh, he's probably the second best quarterback in the league right now behind Mahomes. Um, and he's playing the Eagles, who obviously NFC. So NFC. East, so who knows? Mm-hmm. And then uh, my second guy is, uh, is Austin Eckler. He hasn't made an appearance on the show yet because um, he's been hurt. But uh, I-, I really like watching this guy play. He's one of the best kind of just th- th- third down backs in the league, and he's just a dual threat. So they're playing the Pats. He's a, he's a fantasy machine, so I got him as my top performer. Him and Rogers are the two top performers.
2: See, I had a feeling that one of us was going to pick up on that and, like, this other time. I felt like one of the two top performers that I had, one of us was going to pick up on it, and that turned out to be Austin Ackler. Um Their verse, uh he's – Uh, Versus New England this week, who allows an average of 23 points to opposing backs in fantasy. Uh, Eckler just made his return last week. He didn't do much on the ground game, but as far as uh, for you PPR leagues, he had 11 receptions on 16 targets. So I expect more of the same. Uh, The front seven of the New England is not really, like, pass coverage heavy or savvy, rather. And I I see Austin Eckler having more of the same type of day. And then my second guy this week uh, is Taysom Hill. Uh, Now quarterback – labeled in all fantasy leagues, Taysom Hill, which is unfortunate because I wanted to pull another finesse move, but I couldn't.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, but he just played Atlanta two weeks ago and put up huge numbers, throwing for 233 yards, completing 78% of his passes while running for two touchdowns. I don't think Atlanta's defense will have an answer for him again. And uh, it's like I said, it's unfortunate that they pretty much nerfed the tight end fantasy finesse move.
1: <laughs> That's funny. Cause uh, so in my lineup, I have Aaron Rodgers and I have Taysom Hill uh i mean the play of the falcons like you said pretty much i had nothing else really to add on to what you said except he's been playing great football as as i wish he kind of threw some more uh touchdowns per se but i mean he's he's running like he's like he's like a better tim tebow of like who tim tebow They thought he was going to be this man is literally he, he's a fantasy just guy that you look for in a quarterback
0: actually. yeah
2: absolutely. Yeah, this is awkward because I have Aaron Rodgers as my second quarterback.
1: Oh, interesting.
2: Yeah, so he's got the best matchup out of a true top quarterback this week against Philly. Uh, The Packers do have a bad habit of playing down to their competition, but that Eagles secondary cannot handle elite air attacks, as you saw on Monday Night Football with Russell Wilson, D.K. Metcalf. I, I don't see them really covering the pass game very well at all.
1: Nope. Uh, so I'm, I'm curious to see what we have for running backs now because we both have uh, we obviously have both have Eckler, but I have my second running back is Nick Chubb. Oh my God! <laughs> oh, come on! What the hell is happening? Because How I don't did think we do Chubb, this? I don't think Chubb or Eckler have made an appearance on our show yet.
2: I don't think so either, which is why you know, I-, I know
1: Eckler for sure, and I'm, I know I haven't picked Chubb.
2: I I don't think I have either honestly because he was hurt when we started the show.
1: Wow! So we both have Rodgers, we both have Hill, both have Eckler, and now we both have Chubb.
2: So our first four slots are the same. Wow. Awkward. Nick,
1: Nick Chubb, just talk about him a little bit. Nick Chubb has been playing great football. Even with Kareem Hunt, he's been playing great football. I think he's averaging like 100 and something yards per game. But he's, even with Kareem Hunt as a really good running back, he's getting enough volume as a as an RB1. Yeah.
2: Uh, uh, Dennis, Tennessee's defense can't stop anything that a particular offense thrives at, especially the ground game. They allow 25 points per game to opposing running backs. And since returning from injury, Chubb has not had less than 116 yards in a game. So. Uh I expect him to do more of the same. I know for a fact you're gonna have one of my wide receivers. So <laughs> what is what is gonna be our breaking point here? Where are we gonna where are we gonna split ends here?
1: I'm hoping I'm hoping after my first receiver. So obviously my first receiver is gonna be Devontae. He he torched uh the Eagles in week four last year, uh actually before he right before he got hurt. But he's I mean he's been a different animal this year. Um uh, and they're the Eagles, so let's take him all day. Devontae Adams. I I, I will guarantee he will score this week. I guarantee Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Uh, My two other receivers uh, is Allen Robinson against the Lions. We got one. Got one meaning we don't have the same one? We don't
2: have – I don't have Allen Robinson. Good, good. good. got one.
1: Okay. Uh, Allen Robinson, great week last week uh, with Trubisky, two touchdowns. Uh, He's kind of just a target machine and the only really relevant kind of player on the the Bears. I, I mean, you could say David Montgomery, but he's not really an exciting play. Uh, so Alan Robinson against the Lions and then AJ Brown against the Browns. Uh he's been a touchdown machine as well, kind of with Devonta Adams. Uh, he actually scored a kickoff uh touchdown last week. Uh but he's he's kind of Tannehill's go-to guy. Him and Corey Davis have been good, but AJ Brown's kind of their their big play guy, and he always kind of makes big, big play, big play plays happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those are my three guys Devonta Adams, Allen Adam Robinson, AJ Brown.
2: I just want to let you guys know that we do these notes and lineups like completely separate from each other. We don't talk about them until we start the show, which is like why we, why we do that is because we try to avoid shit like this. So I, the fact that this happened is pure coincidence. So don't, don't start your conspiracy theories, but I also have (laughs) Devontae Adams. Um, anytime I put a Packers lineup in in my lineup, I expect you to have them as well. uh, Cause you if I see it, you definitely see it. Um, after what I saw from Darius Slay on Monday Night Football, there's no way that he stops Devontae even remotely, and I'm sure A-Rod is going to look to attack that matchup the entire game. So that's really all I had for notes there because that's an obvious play there. Um, my second receiver is uh, Adam Thielen. Um, Minnesota gets their wide receiver run back in a game that they kind of need to have to stay alive in the playoff race. Yeah. I think they're going to look early and often to the passing game, knowing that Jacksonville will probably look to take away Cook. And if even if they're not uh, looking to take away Dalvin Cook right away, Davin Cook is coming to this game banged up. So I think Adam Thielen is going to thrive in that offense, especially against a 1-10 Jacksonville team. And then my third receiver this week is Brandon Cooks. Um, All Houston has done in this little win streak that they've had is pass the ball and uh, attack the air game. And with Fuller being done for the season with the PED suspension, Cooks is the clear number one option. He's got a tough matchup, but I think the volume will kind of take care of that aspect.
1: Yeah, can't argue with that. Uh, for my two tight ends, uh, I got Evan Ingram. I got the Seahawks. Uh, despite... Oh, God, we have the same one again. <laughs> despite, despite Daniel Dillon's being down, he's... He had a great game last week, so I got the Seahawks. Uh, and then, uh, hopefully, you don't have him. I, I assume you don't. Is is Robert Tanyan? Okay, no, I don't. Okay, good. Uh, Robert Tanyan, uh, back-to-back touchdown weeks. Uh, he's kind of turned into... I wouldn't say second... Aaron Rodgers' second favorite option, because Lazard, I would say, is, even though he's been banged up. But he's... He looks for him in the red zone, uh, Rogers, uh, Tanyan. So I mean, I can't fault that. And they're playing the Eagles, like we've already kind of mentioned. So I got Ingram and Tanya as my two tight ends.
2: What was that touchdown pass that he caught this past week? Wasn't that like a thirty-five yarder? I knew it was deeper than thirty-five. Yeah,
1: it was like a play action thirty-five yard. He was he was wide open. Yeah,
2: I, I think that they're gonna they're gonna look to incorporate him more in the offense. I think Alan Lazard is also banged up again.
1: He is. So, yeah, he got popped last yeah. week.
2: Yeah. So I, I definitely I think that's a good play there um but i think a better play this week is darren waller um my i haven't revealed my weekly jets pick yet this is him um <laughs> let me down last week uh only 6.2 points but nobody on the jets d can match up with him and the raiders are going to look back uh to bounce back in this pick-me-up type of game especially after getting throttled in atlanta that last week in a game that they probably didn't think they were going to lose so um weird. yeah so i think darren Waller's uh set for a big day and then uh I put my head down when you said his name because we have the same one again as Evan Ingram uh, coming off a huge game last week with over 125 yards through the air. He'll look to be the kind of safety net for Colt McCoy, most likely in an improving but still not good Seattle defense. Um, and Colt McCoy is probably like backup quarterbacks have the the reputation of dumping down to running backs, tight ends, taking the shorter routes, taking the more sure bets. And um, I think Evan Ingram is just that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I'm afraid to say we probably have the same kicker. Uh, it wouldn't be the same without young, Ho, young Ho ku Uh I know, I know. I, I love this man. You do too. It's, yeah. He's lighting it up. Uh, he, I think I saw the things stat. Well, he's leading, he's leading and scoring for a kicker, but he, he was cut like on two different teams. Like his story is kind of cool and he's just he's got the best name in football, I think. And mm. he's, he's tearing it up for the Falcons. Uh, and then my defense, uh, I'm going with the Raiders against the jets. Uh like you said, weekly Jets pick, but the Raiders, I think, have a huge bounce back game. Uh, the Jets might not score; they didn't, they scored three points last week. I, I think the Raiders kind of—they need this win to stay mm-hmm. kind of afloat. But I I got the Raiders against the Jets for my defense.
2: I did not go with our boy this week at kicker. Um, I I felt like I, I've I've used him too many times consecutively. Yeah. To, to go I took back. I took a him, break on him. I think. Yeah, I got I, uh, I. This is my two week break because I used him a weekend. You didn't. So, okay. but we both had blanket ship last week. But this week I have Kaimi Fairbairn. Ooh. Awesome name, shitty kicker. I needed somebody new. That was really all I wrote down for these notes. I that's that's why ha- he's in there. How, how do
1: you say his first name? Ka- Kaimi? Right, because this is an apostrophe, right? Kahimi. Yeah,
2: it sounds like some like uh what's it called? Uh like Korean barbecue appetizer, something like that. Kaimi.
1: It does, it, yeah. Sounds sorry. yeah, tasty.
2: <laughs> and um, my, my defense and special teams is uh, the Vikings this week. Um, Mike Glennon had a good week last week, but never in Mike Glennon's career has he ever had two consecutive good weeks in a row. And I'm counting on him to be the Mike Glennon that we all know. Uh, I, the Vikings defense has been less than good this year, but that matchup I think will will get them the one good fantasy week that they'll probably have this year.
1: Didn't, didn't Mike Glennon come into one year as like the starter and he actually got a a good amount of money from a contract i believe i want to say it was the like bucks i was gonna say the bucks too that
2: they drafted jamis i Jameis. think we were looking to to like slowly develop him but then he was so god-awful that they had to put him in i yeah, think I, was I, if it wasn't I think that, that was year it before that that he was there yeah yeah Mike. He, he,
1: he, oh, no offense you, what
2: i remember it was it was the josh freeman era because freeman was started to be terrible and then they benched him for Mike Glennon, who wasn't much better.
1: Josh Freeman, bro. I I need to look that guy up for a second. Josh, what does that guy do? He's probably playing the AFL or something.
2: GFL, um, FedEx. Josh Freeman
1: showed interest in the FBI after his NFL career. <laughs> oh, wait, what?
2: Like the career change?
1: Josh Freeman. I, dude, I totally forgot about that guy.
2: Wow. I'm sure as a lot of people have, I him and like Jason Campbell are like probably the most forgotten decent quarterbacks yeah. ever.
1: Josh Freeman, wow, wow, well, I, I don't know why. I, made me, I just made me smile. Like I got totally it. Okay, it was a
2: simple, um, time.
1: and then kind of going into our boom and bust. Uh, you already mentioned him, but my boom, uh, Brandon, Brandon Cooks. Uh, he's, he's the number one now. He's having actually a, a, a pretty good season. He's a very talented receiver, he's just been traded. Everywhere, right? but he's mm-hmm. playing with great quarterbacks. Uh, he, he's a great talent, and uh, I think he kind of gets just a boost uh, with Deshaun Watson playing great football. Uh, they're playing the Colts, who's a tough defense, but I think that his volume is going to be too good for it to pass.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then my second back, uh, I actually just, just added him just right before the show because Josh Jacobs is out, uh, but Devontae Booker. Uh, Jacobs is out with the ankle, I believe. Ankle or shoulder? I think it's his ankle. I
0: didn't see
1: um, it. Yeah, so I, that just came out a, a couple of hours ago. Uh, they're playing the jets I, i'm high on the raiders this week so they're gonna they, they run the ball more than most teams in the nfl especially with jacobs so i think i think booker gets a good amount of uh, volume for this week
2: mm-hmm. uh my first boom of the week uh is a is a bust to some but the, uh this week i think he'll he'll look to be a little more successful as uh, mitch trubisky um wow. will have the opportunity to gain back that starting job against a dysfunctional team with no head coach in the lions and they have no ability to stop any sort of offense at all this year. Um, The first game uh, for the opening night for the Bears uh, was against the Lions, and Trubisky threw for over 240 yards and three touchdowns with no interceptions, which is probably the best Mitch Trubisky stat line that we have to date. So with that being said, I think that that will open up more of an opportunity for him to thrive, and I I think the Bears' offense is kind of going to be revived as a result of a terrible Lions defense. For sure. And then my second boom, i talked about him a little bit already, but uh, Wayne Gallman, uh, Wayne Gallman got a decent, uh, has a decent matchup against Seattle, but the Giants are probably going to look to, to be for, or are going to be forced to give Gallman more touches with the backup quarterback. That's typically how that works with backup quarterbacks is they feed their running backs more kind of a little bit of dink and dunk action between the running back tight end, number one receiver. Um, and he's got t- not to mention that Gallman has touchdowns in five straight weeks. Yeah. So I think that Goleman is going to continue to uh, be on that stretch, especially with Daniel Jones being out.
1: Absolutely. I know because I had him as my, one of my booms last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, along with the touchdowns, I think he's, he's had an uptick in carries every single week in that five-week five stretch. So, uh, I mean, I, I, I was going to put him as my boom again, but I had him last week. But I, I, that's, that's a great pick, I think, as, as one of your booms. Mm-hmm. Uh, for my, my two busts, I'm disappointed in my first one because he's on my fancy team. Uh, but DeAndre Swift. So two weeks ago, he had his kind of big breakout game, uh, and he gets a concussion. Uh, he was out last week, or he's been out the last two weeks now. Um, and he's still kind of still banged up, I've been reading. He's, he hasn't been practicing, really. Uh, and it's, he, he might, even if he does play, he's probably going to have a reduced role. Uh, and they're playing the Bears, who's, who's always like a stingy run defense and just a solid defense. So I'm not high on DeAndre Swift. Uh, and then Tyler Boyd. Uh, I'm not really high on any of the – the Bengals pass catchers obviously with Burrow out, mm-hmm. so I don't love the matchup. And they're playing the Dolphins, who have been a pretty pretty good defense. Actually, a really good defense this year. Um, and the guy uh, Xavier Xavier Howard or Hayward,
2: what is it? Hayward or Zavion, Howard? Xavier Howard, I think.
1: Yeah, he he's he's been great for them too. Um, but like I said, I don't like any Bengals pass catchers. So so Tyler Boyd and DeAndre Swift, that's my two busts.
2: Yeah, him and Byron Jones have quietly become one of the top secondaries in the league.
1: Yeah, um,
2: and they've they're forcing a lot of turnovers. Imagine if they still had Minka.
1: I know Ooh, that. That would, is, that would be a force. Wow, that would be dangerous. They would. They would be similar to obviously not as good as the Steelers are right now, but yeah, that would be wow. That'd be dangerous. Yeah,
2: that that would make them an even more dangerous team that they already are, and especially if they had a proven top tier quarterback. Yeah, that team would be a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Agreed. Um, but digressing into my two busts of the week. uh, My first one is Big Ben. Uh, I don't think he'll have any time in the pocket this week. He's already immobilized as it is. Uh, He's still dealing with whatever is going on with his knee from the Cowboys game. And uh, that stack front seven will not help that at all. I think that Jack Del Rio is going to, like I said before in the pickums, they're going to send all the dogs towards him this week. I think that they're going to probably going to have to resort to a little bit of the running game. If they get James Conner back or they're, Ben's going to have to get rid of the ball and probably 0.7 seconds every pass uh, attempt. So I don't see big Ben, especially after the week putting up 19 points on Wednesday night football against the Ravens team that was depleted. I'm not encouraged by the Pittsburgh offense this week at all. Um, and then my second bust of the week is uh, Amari Cooper. Um, he's got a bad, speaking of Baltimore, he's got a bad matchup first Baltimore this week. Uh, he had a bad, uh, a big week last week uh, was, but that was his first 100 yard game since week four. And since Dak went down and um so it took him back to to get on track to be the receiver that we all know he could be, but I don't think there's a shot in hell he does that in back-to-back weeks with Andy Dalton as his quarterback, especially with this matchup.
1: I I, I like Cooper. I wish I wish Dak didn't get her, obviously, because he's 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 honestly probably a top five, top ten receiver, honestly, with Dak. Like he's he's that good. Especially last year, he was he was legit. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that concludes our fantasy football segment. Another good one. I'm curious to see all, all our similarities. I think our last two weeks we've had a lot of similarities. So yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see. Absolutely. Uh, and then to our part two hot takes. Uh, the first one I'm actually kind of it came out of nowhere for me. I was just kind of when I was writing down my hot takes. This was just popped to my head. So uh, the NBA. So I I think you you can't argue this. Like the NBA is probably the most talented it's ever been. Honestly, like with all the scores and just athletic, like there's some of the best athletes and just scores we've seen in the NBA. Mm-hmm. With that being said, hot take, remember hot take someone in the NBA will score more than Kobe Bryant's 81 points this year. Ooh, very, very, hot, very hot take. Uh, but I, I, I mean, you saw Devin Booker score 70. Uh-huh. So I, some, some names I wrote down. You got Devin Booker, obviously. He's probably like the number one. He scored 70 points. Like, you're not denying that. Yeah. Kyrie's capable of kind of going off at any times. Harden scores. He's had the 60-point triple-double of one game. So, I mean, he could drop 80. Uh, Damian Lillard's always kind of just a scorer. Uh, and then uh, my two kind of younger guys uh, is Trey Young and Donovan Mitchell. Like, the, a couple of those guys, they could just – like, if they're not kind of – if they kind of just focus on scoring and not passing – I didn't include kind of Luka Doncic or like guys that kind of are more pass first cuz that's the that's their game but all these guys are kind of scoring first and that would be wild to see. So it's kind of like a fun thing I brought up but also like just I think it's a, I think it's a good just hot take to have.
2: I think out of all the names that you just listed especially coming off a 67 point game in the postseason Donovan Mitchell is probably the biggest. Yeah, um, no, probably, 57,
1: right? I don't think it was, it was Oh, 67.
2: was it? I know it was 50 or 67 but yeah. I, I think if anybody has the capability there it's either him and Booker yeah just because they've they've had games like that before where they just went nuts um I I don't think that I'll have, just because of how legendary that performance was I don't think it's very hard to meet but I think if somebody's gonna do it it's definitely going to be somebody that Kobe Bryant trained which <laughs> dem Booker is so yeah that'd be funny yeah
1: I, I would that would be just wild to see I know especially like, like just 80, you score 82 points, like, whew. and then in the next debate we'll be having, who's going to score a hundred, but that bat's never going to happen. I don't think. <laughs> no,
2: unless we get some, some agile seven, nine man in the league. Yeah. No, no shot. Yeah. Not at all.
1: Uh, then my second one, we, we've kind of talked about this a lot, but I wanted to I write it down. Uh, the jets are going to go in 16. It's My hot take. I think we've talked about it. I think it's not really a hot take cause they're, they're so bad at football, but Jets will go 0 16. Yeah, no, I I
2: definitely see that, especially with their remaining schedule. Yeah, there's I don't think there's a game that they can win in there. Um, so my hot takes of the week. Uh, I briefly mentioned him in the two minute drill. A guy that's been without a job for a while that is going to see a lot of a lot of phone calls this coming off season is Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan will fill a coaching vacancy by next season's kickoff, whether it be. Lions, whether it be Atlanta, it's going to be a team that is in desperation of good defense. So both of those teams kind of serve as that. Um, I think another job that may open up is the Bears. I think that that would be perfect for him. I said Jim Harbaugh is going to take that job because I think they're they're more desperate for for playoff success, and I think Jim Harbaugh will serve as more of that than Rex Ryan. But Rex Ryan, I think, is is second tier to Jim Harbaugh as far as head coaches that will be available. Um, outside of people like Robert Sala, Eric Bieniemy, I think the Rex, somebody's going to venture into Rex Ryan and see what he has left to offer for coaching.
1: Where was he at? Where was he last?
2: Bills. Okay. Yeah, Bills in 2016, 17, 15, somewhere in that realm, I want to say. But, um, yeah, so that's my first hot take of the week. And my second is um, the Wizards, dare I say, are a legitimate threat in the East – and possibly a top five team in the East, if all, if all develops quickly enough. Um, mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook had, has had teams similar to this in the past, um, especially when he won the MVP. Uh, Victor Oladipo was his supporting his supporting sidekick sort of role, and Bradley Beal obviously is going to be no sidekick, but they're go- I think they're going to gel together because Bradley be- Beal, as I said in the beginning of the show, can play off the ball, can shoot the rock very well, and just average 30 points this season. Russell Westbrook. This was the first year in three years that he didn't, or two years that he didn't average a triple double. I think that'll get back more to his ways, just because he'll have the ball more in his hands. Because they, they, Bradley Beal isn't a guy that commands the ball like Harden. So, mm-hmm. I think Russell Westbrook kind of thrives in that sort of offense, and I, I see the Wizards being legit in the in the East, especially, uh, resigning uh, Davis Bertans, um, the the drafting of Denny a- avid of Adija, I think yeah. it is. Yeah, uh, I think that's going to prove to be good for them, and they they have a decent supporting cast. It's nothing special, it's nothing great, but it's going to be good enough.
1: I'd yeah. Be. What's the name? Uh, Hachi Hachimaria is, is pretty oh, good. Oh, and Rui Hachimura.
0: Yep.
2: I forgot about him too. He developed really nicely uh, this past season. He was kind of under the radar just because he played on the Wizards. Nobody cared about the Wizards because nobody mm-hmm. was threatened by him. But I think that this team has all the capabilities now with Russell uh, in there to make a playoff
1: run. Yeah. They're definitely gonna be fun to watch. I, I don't know if I could say top five. Uh I mean, unless kind of we have to just wait and see because you got, obviously you got the Heat, you got the Bucks, Celtics, the Nets, and the Raptors. I would say those are kind of the top five now.
2: I don't but know they, if I can put the Raptors in there anymore.
1: Yeah, I mean they, they've proved it the last two years, and they've and they still got kind of. I, I resigning Ben Fleet was big. They still got Siakam obviously. Yeah. Losing Gasol Abaka is big. Gasol. Yeah. But I, still, I would still put them ahead of the Wizards like preseason. But, I, yeah I, could oh, yeah, I could definitely see them kind of gelling into a really, really dangerous team that no one's going to want to play.
2: Yeah, I, I think that's going to be a team that's going to fly under the radar that is going to come up to surprise some teams.
1: Yeah. No, I, I, could, I could very well see that. And then our, our embrace of the debate. Uh, so our two hot takes and then our embrace the debate. So I just want to – so are we talking – so we're going to – you already talked about earlier, but the best duo in the NFL. Are we doing toughest to guard or based on kind of just like chemistry?
2: Um, I would say it would be a little bit of both. I would say yeah. the most productive as far as numbers and um, success, okay. I, I would say, is more of that, that sort of realm.
1: Okay. Okay. I'll what let you, you take it
2: off because I already know who this is going to be.
1: No. So so I had it as Mahomes and Hill as number one. Because because when we talked about it, because we talked about it a little bit, as toughest to guard, and literally Tyreek Hill is the fast player in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And he goes to Mahomes. But if I'm talking, you said so. You said production and then success. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna stick with my boys. I'm going with Rogers and Adams. is the yeah. number one. I have to, even though I think. So I think, I think obviously Mahomes is better than Rogers. Adams is better than Hill, but it's, I mean it's, they're close in both aspects. But I mean it's based on kind of like there's like a sixth sense with Rogers and and and, and uh, Adams. They've been playing together for for, <clears throat> for longer than Hill and Mahomes, which is an advantage. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've kind of perfected the back shoulder throw. They've perfected just – Devontae is one of the best – he's probably the best route runner in the NFL, and they literally just click on all cylinders. Whereas Tyreek Hill and Mahomes kind of only only have that deep, doll, deep ball, I'd say, mm-hmm. whereas Rodgers and Adams kind of have all sorts of different routes that they connect with.
2: Okay. So my stance here was <laughs> that as far as offensive duos go, I think that it's Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. But if we're talking QB pass catcher um, duo, it's got to be Mahomes and Hill. It's got to be. Mahomes has the biggest arm in the league that we've ever seen. And Tyreek is probably the fastest player currently in the league. So you can, you can like send him down the field whenever, and there's not going to be a lot of people that are going to be able to match up with them unless they're guarding 40 yards down the field. So I think that's the biggest threatening matchup. And I think that they can hit you over the head at, any
1: moment but i'm actually glad you are Chubb and hunt because i mean they're no doubt the best running back duo but comparing them with a quarterback and receiver duo it's tough but they're pretty much carrying the browns to an 83 record
2: yeah my thing was with them i i've talked about the chiefs offense before how they have they have selective skills position games like one game it'll be a kelsey game one game it'll be a hill game one game it'll be a sammy watkins game but as far as consistent production and how teams have to have to prepare for them every single week Nick Chubb and Cream Hunt will smack you in the mouth every single week, and are are single-handedly, I think, because Baker Mayfield hasn't done shit, and he he's, he's um, every time that he's relied on to be the guy to win them the game, it doesn't work out. So Nick Chubb and Cream Hunt have brought them single-handedly, I believe, to an eight and three record. So I, I think, as far as that's concerned, I think they hold the best offensive duo. But the question was QB to skill position, um, mm. skill position duo, and that has to be Mahomes uh, now.
1: Well, for, so for saying success, I, I would say Rodgers and Adams have had more success because they've pretty much like I think you said earlier, they have ninety percent of that offense. Mm-hmm. So it, without without Adams, that, that Packers offense, like they're struggling. But without Hill, I mean you still have you still have Kelsey, you still have the two running backs in Hilaire and Bell, and then you also have Sammy Watkins and Hardman. Like they're still they're still a dangerous team, but you take away Adams, like they're the Packers, which I don't like to say it, like they would they would struggle to, to even make the playoffs.
2: Absolutely. Uh ever and like my thing with Mahomes and Hill is that I have I have three main things with them. So ever since Mahomes has come become the starter, all they've done is win. They took the number one seed in the first season. Mahomes won an MVP. Tyree Kill was a a for sure top ten wide receiver, solidified himself as a top ten wide receiver in the league. He had a yeah. decent rookie campaign, but Alex Smith was still his his starting QB, so he couldn't really thrive like he thrives now. Um, they're the most explosive offense, are a part of the most explosive offense ever, ever. They have way too many weapons. Mahomes is way too, like there's too many things that Mahomes can do to really pick apart a part of defense. And uh, with Hill being the fastest player in the league, he can take advantage of that anytime he wants to. And uh, a stat that I put in here was over the last uh, three seasons, the duo has pr- produced 25 connections for over 30 yards, which is by far the most of any active duo right now. I think the next closest was um, Devontae and Aaron Rodgers, but I think their number was at 14. I read. Um,
1: T- tell me that stat again. It, w- it was so, connected with what?
2: Uh, has produced 25 connections for over 30 yards.
1: Oh, yeah. That, I, I would. Yeah, I would probably assume def- Devontae and Rodgers is definitely second. But, yeah, they, I mean, they have the best – Mahomes and Hill have the best deep ball in, in the NFL, and I don't think there's a debate for that. Mm-hmm. One thing I would say with that, um, I'm pulling up the stats, but – like so, Tyreek Hill uh, and Rodgers. I would say um, Rodgers and Devontae, they kind of connect more. Like they don't. There's there's not a lot of incompletions there. Mm-hmm. So so Tyreek Hill. I, I'm first looking at it. so Tyreek Hill has 68 receptions on 101 targets. Devonte Adams has 74 catches for 99. So it's not really a huge discrepancy. Mm-hmm. But I would say. Just, 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 just wow! Just study a little bit. Just based on connection, um, I would say Rogers and Adams. But if we're talking about like just toughest to guard, I I think it's it's Mahomes and Hill. Just because you have Mahomes was the best deep ball, and Hill is the fastest. Uh, that speaks for itself. He literally just throws it down, and ty- You have to double Tyreek Kill, Whereas mm-hmm. if you double Adams, he still might be able with his route running to to maneuver into a catch.
2: Yeah. Well, my other thing with uh, Rodgers and Adams was uh, I've told you this before, when we were talking about the wide receivers is the Devante has only been a number one target for two or three years now. So that sort of connection isn't really like a a staple in the league Uh, as it should be. It should be, but it's not nearly recognized as somebody like Mahomes and Hill because of how (laughs) explosive they can be and how they can game break any given Sunday and just run wild. Like Tyreek, Tyreek's numbers, even in the first quarter this past week was unbelievable. And only they can put up those type of numbers in that amount of time. So I think just the, the factor of the explosiveness and the potential for any play to be a 70 yard bomb to Tyreek and the accuracy on Mahomes' deep ball, I think sets themselves apart immensely. Yeah.
1: No, I I mean, I agree with what you're saying. Another thing that just came up to me was if, so if I would rather, how am I going to word this? So, so Mahomes and Hill, I feel like is more of like a like a, just a backbreaker because they have all those long balls. Mm-hmm. But then, and then Rodgers and and um, and wow, Devontae Adams will kind of just they'll just break you down consistent. They're all, like they're always gonna be consistent. Whereas Tyreek Hill and Mahomes might just have like a like a two catch for 80 yards. Like they're only gonna connect on that long ball. While, whereas Devontae and Rodgers will, will break you down at, with a five yard slant or or a 40 yard bomb. Like there's a lot of uh, different ways that Devontae Adams and, and Rodgers can break you down, whereas Tyreek Hill and Mahomes, I'd say, is, is that deep ball or you'd give a screen pass to Tyreek Hill.
2: Oh, no doubt. I think that Devontae is the more versatile receiver, and when we did our wide receiver rankings, I did have him above Tyreek yeah. in this for that exact reason. I think that he's far more versatile, and I went into depth about how Tyreek has kind of that one thing to him. Yeah. But as far as the connection is concerned, I, I think that it's it. they have the biggest arm in the league with the biggest speed in the league. And yeah. those two connections between QB and wide receiver are proven to be far superior compared to anybody else. I mean, like I, like you said, Devontae and Aaron Rodgers will throw more stuff at you, but Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill can like cannot be guarded when they're on the same page.
1: Yeah, if you need one play out of both duos, I would go Mahomes and Hill because literally Mahomes will just throw it down and Hill will run. Mm-hmm. Like that's I think that's more unguardable than like. Uh, it's just like you just said, biggest arm, fast guy. It's tough to argue that.
2: Yeah, I I think that there, there's no no overtaking that right now, unless somehow Rodgers wiggles his way into a Super Bowl and somehow they they have better numbers and Tyree Kill digresses somehow. Yeah. I think that's another, the
1: only way. Another duo uh, just to bring up here uh, is Wilson and Metcalf. Uh, just another. Obviously, they haven't had the exposure because it's only Metcalf's second year. But mm-hmm. they could honestly turn into one of the best, like, in the league, but also just of all time if they keep playing together for another 10 years.
2: Oh, yeah. DK could be a generational-type talent. What he has to do, which baffles yeah. me, is catch the ball. Like, yeah. his hands are weirdly not good. Like, yeah. like, he drives easy passes a lot. And I think if they, if they get those wrinkles out, And Russell Wilson continues to be on the pace that he's on. And they kind of give him more of an offensive line. I think that duo with Mahomes and Tyree, could be like this soon. But I, right now, this is their first season where we've really seen them thrive. So I couldn't put them in this conversation. Obviously they're in the conversation for best duo uh, with quarterback and skill position in the league. But the, the top two, I think are, are set. I, I think they're already set in stone. I think that we have to see another year. Of Russell and DK, unless they make a pre- playoff run as well. So I, I think all where we stand today, those two are solidified as the top two.
1: Couldn't agree more. But hmm. I am glad you also brought up Chubb and Chubb and, uh, and Hunt because they're that easily the best running back duo, and they they literally have willed the Browns to eight wins.
2: Yeah, I think they're the best offensive duo just because they, they've they willed them. And then, like, if we were talking strictly duos, I would also throw Ramsey and Donald in this conversation because they have done more of the same of, like, what Chubb and Hunt have done, where Donald takes away their run, Ramsey takes away their best receiver and really holds their offense to a standstill, which is why they're they're 7-4,
1: 7-5. Uh, 7-4, I believe, yeah. Yeah. But their but, defense uh, is kind of what's been winning them games.
2: Yeah, because Jared Goff isn't what everyone thought he was going to be. Um, yeah, he's been, he's been yeah. And they don't have a running back. So yeah. really what's gotten them to seven wins to this point has been Donald and Ramsey. I think alone.
1: Yeah. yeah. Donald's a freak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Ramsey, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that is a, that is a great duo. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that, so there, there we go for our uh, embrace debate. Now sticking with the NFL trend uh, is our power rankings through week 13. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I, I feel like last season kind of flew by and this season has Usually it flies by, but I think this season is just like, like I feel like we should be already in the playoffs now, but I feel like, like I'm glad it's happening, That it has, hasn't gone by as slow. I think it's mainly because like we've seen Tuesday night games, we've seen Wednesday night games, like it's all over the place.
2: Yeah, it's dragging. We don't know what's going to be a week-to-week basis. COVID has been a factor and like everyone's just kind of like a, like a what do we do now sort of state where like somebody tests positive for COVID and then we have to wait till Sunday to see what really happens. So. I think that's probably why it's dragging. I would assume so, just because this year in sports especially has been like no other. So and the NFL is no different.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we'll start start from ten to one like we yeah. usually do. Yep. Uh, start off. Go ahead.
2: All right. So my my first team I got I just mentioned him was the Rams. Um, the Rams have had the ability to to win against very good teams because of that duo and Donald and Ramsey. They beat the um the Bucks on on Monday Night Football. They've beaten other teams. I think they they took down the Seahawks, right? Um, they won that Seahawks. Yeah, they won the Seahawks game. And I I think that defense just serves as such a such an obstacle for opposing offenses that they have to be considered a threat. And they're they're two years removed from a Super Bowl appearance, so they're not any slouches. The only people that they've really lost are Gurley and Cooks out of that out of that duo. And I think they I don't I don't even think they had Ramsey during the Super Bowl. So they've they've lost two offensive threats, but gained Ramsey. So I I don't I I see them as a as a really big trap team come playoffs where they will or they could win a playoff game against any given matchup that they are, that they have. But um, I I can't put them up further on the list given their their last loss, given their record. I there are some teams on this list that have far better wins, far better record.
1: Okay, got it. Uh, for my number ten, uh, I have the Colts. Uh, so I was going, kind of going between the Rams and the Colts, but I went with the Colts at ten. Uh, the seven and four, I, I like Washington. I like their defense a lot. I think Darius Leonard, is, if he's not the best linebacker, he's the second best linebacker in the NFL. He, he's a freak. Uh, DeForest Buckner has been, he's been an animal. He's got like a seven nine wingspan. That dude is dangerous. Uh, and then Phil Rivers has actually been playing well uh, the last couple of weeks. Uh, so he like he's like he's been a proven quarterback his whole career. Uh, if they kind of get that running back, like Jonathan Taylor, like he could be very good. They have Naheem Hines. Like they have a, kind of a good core, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Uh, the receiving core, uh, Michael Pippen, actually, the rookie receiver has been playing great. T.Y. Hogan's still there, so he's capable. But their, Col- their their defense has been what's winning them games, similar to the Rams, uh, but, but the Colts I had him at, at my 10 spot.
2: I left the Colts off my list for the purpose of like, they're going to get to the playoffs, I think. I think they're going to win that division pretty easily. But then what?
1: Well, the Titans – Titans are got the spot oh I forgot
2: they were in the same I'm so bad with divisions dog um (laughs) but there I I think they're if they don't win the division they'll win the wild card in some way shape or form but like they get to the playoffs and then what then like because does anybody really see them as a threat because I know personally I would not be threatened by a Philip Rivers led offense where he can barely move up the field and you have to have Jacoby Brissett in to really give Phil Phil Rivers a breather and really open up your offense more so I think your your offense is a very one-dimensional when Philip Rivers is in the game, which is why I said earlier in the year that they should go with Jacoby Percet because you can open up that offense more. But I, I don't see that, that offense beating anyone I, in the playoffs I unless they face the NFC East. That's the only way they win a playoff game.
0: Okay.
2: Um, at my number nine spot, I have the Dolphins. So Dolphins, mm-hmm. the Dolphins kind of got off to a slow start. They, they dropped to the Patriots. They They dropped to the Bills. They dropped to the Seahawks early, but that was when Fitz was still starting. I still think that offense is better off with Fitz as a starter, but the defense of chemistry, they've had a lot of new defensive names put in there. And ever since um, that that 49ers win, they've kind of hit the ground running. They've beaten, they've beaten the Niners by a good amount when everyone was healthy. They've beaten the Rams. They've beaten the Cardinals, which they, that's three teams in that division where you beat three teams out of the best division in football, which is says something in itself, that defense has been something to be to a force to be reckoned with. They've, they've gotten to uh, their pass rush has been good. Um, Their, their secondary has been even better. And I I think as far as well-rounded teams go, they're, they're top, they're top tier. Um, Their offense is kind of yet to a little to be desired yet. I don't think Tua is the answer. I think they should draft another QB with that Texans pick this year, but where they stand now, their receivers are solid. Miles Gaskin has done the job, and their defense is winning them games. So I, I think that they're going to continue to to be on that kind of streak. And there, that's that's a clear division winner right there is the Dolphin. Oh wait, no, the Bills. Fuck, Bills. Yeah. Um,
1: you got to yeah, you got to get your divisions. I,
2: my divisions are so all over the place, dude. Um, but yeah, so I, I think the Dolphins are another one of those teams that if they don't win the division, they're going to be in the playoffs no matter what.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't have the dolphins but I I, I can see where you're going from. The probably the one thing that held me back was, was their offense. The mm-hmm. kind of the questions with Fitz or, or Tua. You think they're going to draft another quarterback? Like I,
2: I don't really. think they will but I think they should. I don't see Tua being the answer there to really get them to the top of what they really can be. I I have said from the jump I'm not a Tua believer. I, I don't think he brings anything special to the table. I think without that offensive line, that offense, or he's really like just garbage. I, I don't think he brings anything to the table that's really, really puts himself above somebody like Ryan Fitzpatrick, for example. Like, I don't
1: yeah, know. No, I, 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 yeah, I'm a big fan of Ryan Fitzpatrick, but I think, I think he's still like, I'm more, I'm a more of a believer than, than you are.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: I mean, and he has, he has a small sample size. So, I, I hope I hope he can come back and kind of get that job back just to see where he would be in the playoffs as a rookie.
2: Yeah, my thing with him is that everything that's been given to him as far as a football standpoint has been product of whatever defense he had. Like Alabama had an insane defense in college where they they won them games and Tua just kind of was there. And yeah. the same sort of thing is happening in Miami where where the the first two games that he started the defense won for them. Yeah, and Tua, well, that's
1: that's a good point. I so. would say the the one thing was that when he came in at halftime, like he won that game because cause like he kind of came in uh, for the national championship game. Yeah. But then the next year when he was fully healthy, he like he didn't win. There was a the defense. No, so, he wasn't even in the Heisman conversation. Yeah. I, I can see where you're coming from in that. Yeah. Uh well going just going so going back to the list, uh and my number nine spot I had the Rams. Uh you had him at 10 and I had them at nine. They're I mean they're they're a tough team to beat uh especially with that defense. Uh their their offense is good enough. I think Jared Goff is a good enough quarterback to to win you games. Their running back kind of committee is very suspect. Mm-hmm. You have no idea. Like, they don't even run the ball really anymore.
2: They don't have a solidified number one guy. Yeah.
1: And like, like the, like the Chiefs don't run the ball anymore, but they have Mahomes. Yes. The, the, uh, the Rams don't run the ball, but they have golf. So, like, that's a big discrepancy. Yeah. Um, but their defense, like, their defense is going to win you games. You already talked about Donald and Ramsey. Uh, but, the, but they're a solid team, 7-4. Uh, so, I had them on my nine spot.
2: Um, at my number eight spot, I have the Titans. Now, I, I I know how this looks, but I I don't see why they like how I could keep them really higher or lower than this. I think that this position is kind of where they need to be because I, I think that their their talent kind of overcomes their their bad losses because they've had some bad losses. The Bills um or no they they beat the Bills. Um the the Colts game was bad, the Bengals game was bad um the Steelers game was kind of like it could have gone either way but I I, they're only a year removed from the AFC championship game they have everybody back Derrick Henry seems to be like like part of my take says it's tractor sito season um during the this month of December going into the playoffs Derrick Henry seems to have run mad through the last three seasons and that's going to be the guy that really gets them to the promised land if they make it that far. Um, that one, my one thing is their defense. I don't They have all the capabilities to still be the good defense that they were last year. And they added Jadavion Clowney. So none of the, what they're, they're like, the defensive liabilities don't make any sense to me. So I think they could turn it on if something connects with them, like, like mentally, but I, I think their talent overcomes their, their bad losses. And I think that they're just as much of a threat as any in the AFCs. I mean, in the AFC, excuse me.
1: Yeah. I, I like the Titans. I have them a little, little higher on my list, but uh, for my number eight, I'm, I have the Buccaneers. Uh, I I know you What's just have the list. I was wondering if you had them. I think, I think I they're, yeah. Okay. Interesting. So I have my eight, which is not, I mean, they're lower, like they're not like eight, nine or 10 is kind of their spot. I still think they're. I still think they they're, they're good enough. Their offense is still very tough. I mean, they they almost beat the Chiefs last week, and they and Brady didn't play well at all.
2: Did they though? Because that game wasn't. They were, they were
1: one drive away. If Mahomes... They were
2: one drive away. Yes, but if you were watching that game the entire way, at no point in time did you think that the Bucks were going to win that.
1: game. Oh no, no, absolutely. I watched the whole game. The, the first they're going to beat them by forty, but like they still found a way to kind of keep it a close game, and they had a chance to win if if Mahomes and the Chiefs didn't get that first down. So like they're they're still like you're you don't like them at all, which I, I know why, but like they, I still think they're a good enough team, um and like they're they're better than than the Rams or the Colts or the Dolphins, like teams we've already mentioned, uh because the offense still has that that just like firepower, uh and their defense uh has been slowing down but their defense is still uh very good.
2: See I, they've underachieved way too much for me to consider them a top 10 team in, right now. And it's not because I hate Brady, which I do, but it's not like, I like to not bring bias into my sports opinions just because I, I don't want, I don't want them to, that to get lost in translation. Like I, I, I just genuinely don't see them as a threat because they have all the pieces and they're, they haven't beaten one good team besides the Packers. And the Packers were still to, like figuring everything out. And I don't think they had Devonte that game. Right.
1: Uh, No, that was his first game back, but they just, oh, they a- couldn't stop. They couldn't stop the run. Yeah, It was simple as that.
2: Yeah, which every time that, that the Packers have lost, it's because they can't stop the run.
1: Yeah.
0: So
2: really, they have not beaten a good team. So I, I just don't – and especially like all the teams that they've lost to, all five losses have come at pretty solid defenses. So if you have all those guys on offense and you can't beat good defenses and then your defense is faltering on the other end, what do you bring to the table right now that, that really – it really puts you in the top 10 conversation because Brady hasn't been good. Um, the running game is here and there when they feel like it. And they're not taking advantage of that stacked receiver core. Although they, they beat up, the, the only time they do is when they beat up on the bad teams.
1: Yeah.
0: So
2: I, I'm just, it's not impressive to me and they've underachieved way too much for me to put them in the top. 10.
1: There's no question they've underachieved. I still think they're, they're a good enough team to, to win a playoff game or to win, like like for some reason though Tony Romo was high on them. They were they, they were, after the game they were saying like this might be the, the first matchup and I could very well see obviously the Chiefs back in Tampa for the Super Bowl but I could see T- Tampa coming back in Tampa itself and I was kind of like whoa like that's that's a little it's a little kind of suspect but I don't think they're that good but I think they still think they're definitely a top ten team in the NFL.
2: They have a roster to win a playoff game. But there's too many faces and, uh, and too many new names to that organization that has caused, like I've said before, you see all these super teams come together with the exception of the Golden State Warriors, which were destined to win whatever they were going to do. But like, for instance, Miami Heat took so long to figure out their chemistry. And then they ended up losing, obviously, in the finals. But that was the East. So like, how can you count the, the, the playoffs before that? But like they just struggled to, to really put together that chemistry where they they can ascend. And they, it usually takes them at least a season to do something like that. So, well, it's kind of
1: like, like the Rams a couple of years ago when they, they got up everyone, everyone was signing one-year deals, mm. and they, they folded in the Super Bowl. Like they could, I, the, the Rams are obviously the better. They were like 13-3 that year. Yeah. Like like you said, it kind of takes a year to kind of get used to your team.
2: Yeah, and if you can't beat a good defense, how are you going to beat a playoff defense unless you play the NFC East? Yeah. <laughs>
1: So, which, which they, which they very well could.
2: That yeah, they could honestly, but yeah. um, but that yeah, how do you
1: four or five matchup?
2: Yeah, that would be yeah the four or five. So they would have to they would have to probably win out. To yeah, get...
1: I think they're they're right now it's the it's Packers Bucks which I don't like is the three six game right now because mm. the Seahawks have the it's Saints Seahawks is one two yeah
2: NFC. I'm still confused on the playoff format. There's there's seven teams coming seven from the team teams and first... only the one team the one team gets to buy the one seed.
1: First Seed both divisions get the bye. Uh, two plays six, three plays no, no, sorry. One, two plays seven, three plays six, four, four plus five.
2: Okay, so I think that last spot would probably go to the Bucks, Niners, or Cards.
1: Yeah, definitely. I would
2: think, but yeah, I can't call them a top 10 team right now. I can't do it. Um, who I can call a top 10 team at my number seven spot is the Cleveland Browns. Um, the Cleveland Browns. Wow. Honestly, every time that somebody tries to throw something at them, then they th- that they think like obviously they got off to a slow start, but the Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb combo is going to win them at the maybe the division if the Steelers kind of falter, but they will. It'll make them to into a, a real legitimate playoff team, and that defense has been solid. So uh, they have they have good wins against like the Colts, um, the the uh what was the other good win they had the other good win was oh no it was just the Colts all right anyways um but they their their ground game they're eight and three so like obviously they've beaten all the teams that they should have though the one game that I would say that they probably should have won that they lost which was the Ravens now looking at the, what the Ravens are they got throttled week one they weren't the Ravens look to be what they were last year and then they have faltered late in the season. So I think that's a completely different conversation, but the Browns there, who's going to stop their running game. I, I don't, unless they run into an NFC team like the Rams.
1: It's tough in the run. Uh, Saints,
2: Yeah. But they'd have to run into it. Who in the AFC can stop that run?
1: That best team would probably be cold. Yeah. Maybe
2: or Steelers. 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 Maybe. But I just don't I don't see and especially Baker Mayfield starting to to really hit his stride now that he has a security blanket in the um in the running game. And he's been he's been solid the last three weeks or so when they weren't completely weather screwed. And I, I would that whatever playoff matchup they end up in, that they're not gonna be favored, but that's gonna be a trap game in a in a form of a playoff game because they could beat anybody.
1: Yeah, so I I didn't have the Browns, um, which was surprising because they're eight and three. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing that I kept me off the list was, was Baker Mayfield. Uh, I mean, in the playoffs, you're going to need kind of your quarterback to make that big play, and I, I don't know if I trust him yet. Uh, every time I every time I watch him, he he like misses a throw or he's just not the guy that the number one pick that that he should be. But mm-hmm. he's still he's still good enough and he can still kind of win you a game, I'd say. But he's not going to bring you deep in the playoffs. Okay. I don't think.
2: My thing with with him is that, like, obviously he struggles a a good amount, but he has he has very low lows, but very high highs. And his his receivers are probably product of that and whatever team he's facing. But he has games where he looks like he should be a number one pick. He looks like he legitimately deserves that. And you could,
1: see, you could what I could see coming kind of into fruition, actually, especially in the AFC, is kind of a, uh, like a similar Titans season last year with the Browns. Yep. how they kind of relied on Derrick Henry, how so they could rely on Kareem Hine Chubb, and then and then Ryan Tannehill was good enough. Mm-hmm. So and then Baker could technically be good enough. And both like the Titans had a better defense last year, the Browns have a very good defense. Like I, I could see, I could see kind of that similar pattern right there with the Browns.
2: Yeah, Baker's a capable QB there's no doubt about that it's just he's got to figure out how to read defenses a little better and how to not put so much pressure on his shoulders by by like just talking shit in the
1: media you just gotta be more consistent yeah yeah
2: if he gets the consistency part down that browns team is dangerous especially with miles garrett putting on a defensive player of the year campaign Uh, but the the missing last two games kind of hurts him but before that he was the sack leader he was he was up there in tackles like that defense that team is dangerous
1: yeah uh, my number seven, uh I got the Bills. Uh my number seven spot, they're eight and three. Um I was I kind of wanted to move them move them uh to a higher spot, but I just couldn't get it. I couldn't pull the trigger on it. I it know was,
2: why you couldn't.
1: Why <laughs> why is that?
2: I mean you're a Packer fan, no?
1: Well I well Packer, yeah, I got the Packers definitely higher than that. But the Bills at seven. Um I, I like Josh Allen a lot. I like their defense. Uh, another Actually, we didn't even talk about it, but Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs has been one of the better duos this yeah. year, actually. I totally forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, their running game is not – they had a, actually a really good game this past week, but but Singletary and Zach Moss aren't anything really special. Uh, I, so I'm not like a true believer in them in the playoffs, but, but I think they're good enough, especially with Josh Allen, and, and a tough defense.
2: Yeah, I have the Packers at my number six spot. And um, I know you're going to think that's a little too low.
1: No, I, can, I can fully understand where. I mean, their, their defense is just not good.
2: Which is why, yeah, which is why I said that I, I know why you have the Bills where you have them because I knew you were going to have the Packers higher than, than I have them and I have the Bills higher than you have them. So I knew that those were probably going to get flip flopped. But their run defense is is horrendous. It's
1: what's, what's going to make them either a, a short out or they could win the Super Bowl if, if it kind of gets back on track.
2: Yeah, their running defense is the biggest handicap I've ever seen,
1: like, which makes no sense because it was terrible last year. and We're not going to make a change like that. That whole thing baffled me. The, yeah. the draft was terrible. Yeah. I, I still I hate like drafting Jordan Love and AJ Dillon, even though AJ Dillon, the one guy, shout out. But like those, those are the two worst positions. Aaron Rodgers Didn't is either. the best player on the team. Aaron Jones was probably the second best player on the team last year, and then you draft a quarterback and running back first two picks.
2: Yeah. But, it, it doesn't make any sense that their their biggest needs were receiver and and inside linebackers or front seven guys and they got none of those things. And they let and they let B- Blake Martinez walk and well, was, oh my
1: god, literally let the league tackles last like 2 years and you just let him walk. And yeah. Christian Kirksey.
2: Yeah, so I both all of their losses are product of that run defense, I would yeah. say. Um, I, the Colts, I I feel like kind of beat them more than the run defense falter, just because the Colts don't have a number one running back guy. I didn't watch a lot of that game, but I, I, from what I saw, it was, it was a lot of that. The
1: the second half started with Jonathan Taylor running the ball seven straight times and getting a first down every other drive. It it was terrible. Okay. So, yeah.
2: So, so it's safe to say that all three of their losses were product of the running game or the running defense. So uh, if they, if they run into somebody, um, in the NFC off the top of my head, like if they run into a San Francisco first round, that that is gonna to serve to be a problem. Just be especially the way they throttled them in the NFC game last year, uh NFC championship game, that defense is the biggest handicap in the world. But their offense, their offense fires on all cylinders. They've scored at least 20 points every game, I think, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, I think they're the second best offense in the league behind the Chiefs.
2: Yeah. So they that offense is going to be the reason that they thrive, but the the run defense is the, gonna be the reason that they don't win a Super Bowl.
1: Yeah. No, I I as a Packers fan, I totally agree with that. I'm, I just wish the run defense got a little better, but again, that's going to be their fault if they if they don't win. Mm-hmm. I, my number six, uh, I got the Titans. Uh, I I like them. Uh, I had them at five, and then I kind of changed them with this uh, with another team that I'll talk about. But mm-hmm. I the Titans at six. Uh, I mean, they're they run as Derrick Henry runs, uh, and you might as well do that. He's he's probably the best running back. I mean, when when McCaffrey's healthy, I'd say McCaffrey's the best, but Derrick Henry is the best pure just running back based on just what he does and like McCaffrey's got his two like his uh receiving as well same with Kamara, yeah. but, but Derek Henry's so him and Cook but Henry's the best running back
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and Tannehill like I said Tannehill's good enough their defense is not great so that that's gonna be bad for them but but if you just give the ball to Derek Henry like you could get a touchdown every freaking drive
2: mm-hmm. absolutely uh Derek Henry is the He's just a locomotive. Like I said, it's track to Zito season. He's going to be running all over the place. Um, At my number five spot, I have the Seahawks. Um, So I know their defense is a lot more sus or as sus as the Packers, uh, I would say, but they're, they're improving Uh, very, very subtly, but they, they are improving. Carlos Dunlap has been kind of huge as far as that goes. Um, Russell Wilson has had a great year Um, MVP caliber. I wouldn't say that he, he, it's, yeah, it's lose anymore. He's lost. He's that, yeah. He's lost that privileged with the bills game and the the Rams game after that. But that offense is, is a force. Uh, Chris Carson on the ground game is reliable. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, David Moore has been one of the best receiving cores in the league. Um, they've beaten good teams, but lost to good defenses. Um, so they, they can do a little bit of both. It, they're kind of a wild card in every game because the Seahawks have the reputation of playing the weirdest games ever so um the cardinals game they probably should have won uh they got they got screwed over with some penalties so they realistically they should be nine and two right now i in my eyes so that's why i have them five their defense is the reason that they're not a little bit higher but i i don't see i don't i i see them being uh a, a tough outcome playoff time
1: i have Seahawks officers five as well um I think the Giants actually are going to give them a game even without Daniel Jones because the Giants' defense is very underrated. Like they're, that's kind of what what's been winning them games as well. Uh, so they're tough. But but the Seahawks, are, I think one obviously one of the best offenses with with Russell Wilson, DK Carson, and and Lockett, like you said. So no one's going to want to really play them, especially with Wilson under center. But uh, I had them at my uh, five spot.
2: Yeah. Um, at my at my four spot, I have the Buffalo Bills. Um, the Bills. The one thing – because they have a decent defense, but they, they don't like to show up sometimes, which is why they lost some of the games. But also what hurts them is their running game, which is why I would I would put them in the top three if they had any sort of a running game. Yeah. Um, they have they have a good secondary. They have a capable defense that is, has been top tier the last couple of years. I don't know what's happened this year, but they they do have all the same players. So if that that switch were to turn on, we'd know why. Um, Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, as you mentioned before, has been one of the top um, – quarterback, wide receiver duos of this year. Um, and they're a very dangerous offense as far as passing game and as far as Josh Allen being a dual threat QB. Um, they've, beaten, they've been very good teams, um, and they've they've had some pretty bad losses. The Titans' loss hurts them a little bit. Um, what other losses do they have? Um, they lost a couple weeks ago to the Cardinals at the Hail Mary. And they're another team that probably you would think should be considered nine and two worthy, and I, I think that they're gonna—they're another team that is going to be in competition. If anybody is going to compete with the Steelers and the um, Chiefs at the top of the AFC um, conference, I think the Bills are going to be that.
1: Yep, I agree with that. Uh, my number four spot—I uh, have the Saints. I'm curious to see when Drew Brees is going to come back because uh, I'm not a believer in Taysom Hill come playoff time uh but he's he's been good enough uh, he's actually been really good um because he's gonna make have to make some big throws if he's if come playoff time so that's why i kind of if the saints get that number one seed that might be a huge boost for for drew Brees himself but i mean their their defense is really good their offense is really good they're they're just a very well-rounded football team
2: mm-hmm. and
1: they're nine and two. uh so they're they're my number four spot they're just a very good football team yeah
2: i i have the the saints as my number three um it's it's weird because um their what their thing is is Drew Brees they have yeah. all the skill positions they have the defense Drew Brees has been the product of all of their losses in the past two years and the quarterbacks that have been in place of him have been seven and up
0: yeah
2: so, I mean I I don't want to say they'd be better off with riding with Taysom Hill but they they are definitely more of a of a wild card to opposing defenses because you don't know what they're gonna throw at you. Right. And if I'm Sean Payton, I consider keeping Taysom Hill in. Drew Brees has been a generational guy. He he wants that record from Brady and he wants to separate from that and I think that's the reason that he'll ultimately be put back in once he returns from injury. But I, I would ponder the thought of riding out Taysom Hill for the rest of the year. Um that offense has a lot of weapons, has a lot of possibilities that they could throw at you. And I just don't I don't see them where they have a lot of quality wins, and I don't, I don't see them really folding to anybody with Taysom Hill. Um, Drew Brees, I think, kind of holds them down a little bit. So, I, I mean, Drew Brees, generational guy, one of the best quarterbacks of all time, but his time is kind of up.
1: Yeah. No, I, I think I, this should be pretty much his last year. Uh, I don't see the Saints kind of going a whole new year with the Brees.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I don't really see yeah. him – yeah, I don't really see him kind of going anywhere else like, like Brady did – so mm-hmm. I think like he should probably just call it up uh, after this year. But like, yeah, he's a great guy, great quarterback. But um, I think like once he comes back, he's obviously gonna get. I think he's gonna get his starting job back. No, no question. Uh, but I think they're just gonna use Hill more than mm-hmm. they already do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Am I my number three? Uh, I have I have the Packers. Um, I think their offense is is so good. Uh, I, did you think I was gonna have that too?
2: no I, I I knew you were gonna have them at three because the two are kind of kind of stapled in there already yeah. but I think I, I uh I can't put them over the Saints yeah I'm curious to see why you did that
1: well I just the offense is 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 so damn good like like I said I think they're the second best second best offense in the league and and Rogers is gonna he's gonna will you to win and as much as their defense is bad especially their run defense like they can force some turnovers uh Jair- Alexander is, is one of the best corner, corners in the league. Darius Smith has nine sacks in the year. Preston Smith has been a disappointment, but he's kind of he had a good game last week. Um, and and just their their defensive line is is okay. They just can't stop the run. Kenny Clark's good too. So they, like if they can get you a couple turnovers, like because Aaron Rodgers and that offense is gonna they're gonna put up thirty a game. Like that's that's pretty much like you're gonna get that from them. And I think it's the defense they have to get like one stop. One or two stops, and they, they could be they could be anyone.
2: Well, okay. So here's what I'll say.
1: I would love them to play the to the Saints too, because that would be a good They don't they don't even run the ball.
2: Yeah, both of those matchups are they they played them the one time. No,
1: they beat them. They beat them. Yeah, they beat, beat them the they, one time. They, I was thinking Devontae. I get them
2: confused with the Bucs and how they have they played them because I yeah, know. They,
1: that. Yeah, they they, they beat the, the Saints easy without Devontae, and the next week they had to buy, and then they got smacked by the Bucs.
2: Yeah. So, all right. Here's my thing. How don't you think that the run defense is a little more of a handicap than Drew Brees? Yeah, that's that's my whole thing. Yeah, is I like all their turnovers. Like, yeah, they force turnovers, but the team is passing when they have the turnovers. They don't, they don't, um, they don't stop the ground game. They don't strip running backs. They don't do anything if if it's not through the air. So
1: I I guess it's kind of matchup proof. I'd say. Yeah, It it just depends on matchups.
2: Yeah, I I would say if the Packers play a
1: team with a good running game like that, uh, that, uh, they're in trouble.
2: Yeah, I I think the Saints are a more complete team, but they the offense is definitely better than the Saints, I would say. But they're a much more complete team and a much more threatening team in my eyes, because if you if they are faced with like somehow the Vikings get get into the playoffs somehow like. Or they, like I said before, they have a bad habit of playing down to their competition because they, they lost the Vikings. They barely squeaked out the Jaguars game. Like they just, they have a bad habit of doing that. And that, that concerns me as somebody that watches the NFL. And I, especially if I was a fan of that team, I would be really, really concerned going towards the playoffs.
1: Oh, well, oh, I'm so nervous that they play someone like the 49ers or Vikings. Like you said, like I I would shit myself, but, but I think just another thing another like just for my argument is I'd rather have every other quarterback, I'd rather have Aaron Rodgers on my team other than Mahomes. Like I'm not confident in Taysom Hill. I'm not, I wouldn't even be confident in Drew Brees, and that's kind of kind of another reason that pushed it over the edge.
2: Okay. Okay. Like like come
1: I guess I'd come playoff time and come kind of end of the season. Like just give me Aaron Rodgers all day over everyone except yeah. Mahomes.
2: Yes. But like he can't play both sides of the ball.
1: Yeah, and that, that's that's why they haven't. They've only won one Super Bowl. Right. They always lose the big games because the defense, which is. Throughout Aaron Rodgers' 15-year career, but I still think like their offense is is better than the Saints' offense, and I mean, as much as their run game is not as is bad, mm-hmm. it's not like a huge gap right. unless they play a team like a really good run game.
2: Yeah, I I'm not surprised that you have them over the Saints, but I I, I wanted to I was curious in your reasoning there because yeah. I, I like watching football every week. I could I can't do that, but yeah, I, I I would I. I it makes it makes sense in your eyes. Like I, I know, I can doing.
1: totally see someone. Like I have no problem with someone saying the Saints are better than Packers because you can easily say that.
2: Right. All right. All right. Fair enough. Um, in my number two spot, I have the Pittsburgh Steelers. Obviously, they're the lone un- unbeaten team, but they're the reason that I don't have them above my next team is because their schedule has been quite the cakewalk. Um, their first four games at the gate were Giants, Broncos, Texans, Eagles all awful teams right now. Um, the giants are, are probably the best of those four teams. And that is saying something um, then uh, that's better. Yeah. their are only two quality wins. I would say are, I wouldn't even count this past Ravens game because they barely beat them without Lamar Jackson. I would say the first Ravens game. They're still, anything.
1: they're still a tough beat. Like even though the Ravens aren't as good, like they're still tough.
2: Oh yeah. No, they're definitely still tough and their offense, like their receiving core is one of the best in the league as well. Um, they're, it's just their schedule. Like I, I want to see them face like a chiefs or a Packers or somebody like that. So I can really know what to expect from them, which is why I don't have them at number one. It's yeah. just because I don't, I don't know what their peak is. Like, obviously they're, they're the lone un, unbeaten team, but like I said, their schedule has been a cakewalk, but mm-hmm. their, their defense is great. Um, the Bud Dupree and Devin Bush injuries hurt a lot. Um, and I think it is if they, if they go down in the playoffs, that's probably going to be the reason why it's either going to be that or Ben shits the bed. It's going to be one of those two. Um, but yeah, I, I think they're going to be a force come playoff time. They're going to be one of the toughest outs, if not the toughest out in the league. And it's just, I can't put them at one just because of their cakewalk of a schedule. There, there are two quality wins where the first Ravens game and the Titans game. And Mm -hmm. those were stretches where both those teams were struggling mightily.
1: Yeah. No, I agree. Am I am I two and my number one really? Because there's not really any much debate, I don't think. I got Steelers and my two, Chiefs and my one. If you don't think the Chiefs are the best team in the league, I, I can't really take you seriously because if you watch them, like they're unbelievable. Yeah. Simple simple as that. Steelers two, Chiefs one.
2: Yeah. I also have the Chiefs of the one, obviously. Um, yeah, it, for obvious reasons. Uh, yeah. they have the most prolific o- explosive offense in the league. Um their defense at times um shows out to be uh, very worthy of them being the best team in the league. Um Chris Jones, Tyron Matthew, all those guys in in defense can and can stop anybody given any given Sunday, but they they can kind of open them up occasionally. But there's no doubt about it that the Chiefs hold the number one spot right if,
1: now. The only way the Chiefs don't win the Super Bowl is if they beat themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So I if, if like Mahomes has a couple turnovers or or one of the running backs has a fumble. Like I I don't think anyone can just beat them like, at, their, at the Chiefs' best.
2: Yes. I, I think the only way they, they lose in the playoffs is if they come across somebody that that has studied the Raiders game that they lost in both times that yeah. they played, really, because the Raiders seem to have the blueprint on how to slow them down a little bit. Did, um, did Josh so,
1: Jacobs have, like, a – when they played him twice, did he kind of have – because I'm thinking, like, an AFC, like, if uh, if Derrick Henry ran all over him. I no, can't remember if Josh Jacobs had, like, a big game.
2: I'll, I'll, I'll see, but I don't – I, cause I watched the second game and I don't remember him doing anything super crazy. I know he had a touchdown, but it was like a really like stagnant goal line, like three yard run. So it wasn't anything special. Um, I'll look at it, but I don't think either of those games really. All right. So this is the first game right here. Uh Josh Jacobs, 23 uh, carries 77 yards in the game that they won. Yeah. Um, he did have two touchdowns, That's but bad. um there wasn't anything crazy. One hundred thirty-three, uh, one hundred thirty-something ground uh, yards on the ground. Uh, not anything, not anything super crazy. And the second game, I think, is going to be more of the same because I watched that game.
1: Yeah, I got I got to hear it. he had just fifty-five rushing yards and a touchdown, so nothing. Yeah, nothing crazy.
2: Yeah, so I, I think that the, the I, I think what won them or the first game and what will, uh, why it was so close to the second game is because they kind of they, they kept Mahomes on the sideline. Which, which I think could be the right, way yeah. to beat the Chiefs. Um, if, yeah, if you just
1: pound the ball with Derek Henry for the Titans, like it just keep Mahomes off the ball, Like that's another good reason. That's a good point.
2: Yeah. So I, I would think that that's really the only way the Chiefs get out is if they keep Mahomes on the sideline and they really work the clock to their advantage.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: but obviously you're not going to slow down Mahomes. Any one of those weapons can go off at any given time. And you have to hope that your offense is clicking on all cylinders to really outscore that offense.
1: Yeah. So. yep that's that's all all good points yeah. uh so that, yeah that, that concludes our rankings uh yeah, we actually had a lot i didn't write down a lot of notes we just we had a lot to talk about there
0: yeah uh
1: and then to conclude like we always do kind of our two interesting cool like any, anything we kind of we came across uh for this week uh mm-hmm. so go, go ahead take it away
2: um uh my first random thing is uh larissa pippin has served to be collected the bag. um so obviously most of you guys or some of you guys know that she slept with future. Um, uh, future got at, back at Scotty Pippen for not uh, giving him an autograph, which is like one of the biggest like boss up moves I've ever heard of. And which I, why future so is a part of so many, like, like, like putting down women memes, <laughs> which are some of the greatest things on the internet. Um, but this past week she was seen holding hands and like, um, with 24-year-old uh, Nuggets guard Malik Beasley uh, in a in a mall, and uh, they, they've they been seen together multiple times, and she still had the audacity to come back to Scottie Pippen's place after the fact. So, yeah, Lar- Larissa Pippen is on the hot seat right now, and uh, I, I'm just going to say that Scottie Pippen Jr. should be glad that there are no fans at games right now because, holy shit, would that be bad. You
1: would get heckled, yeah. I actually saw I saw some stuff on that too, and poor poor Sky Pippin Junior.
2: Mm-hmm. I'll let you go with your two because this this next one I have was kind of lengthy.
1: Oh boy, <laughs> uh, my first one I have uh, so yeah, I'll be quick. And every I just, just I was looking up this before. In every Pixar movie, you can find the sequence of a one one three a one hundred thirteen somewhere in the movie, it, like on any, any scene in the movie, like there's always like, this is hidden. You're not going to see, it. it's not something that pops out, but it's like a, kind of like a, like a Easter egg kind of per se. Uh, and it relates, to, it relates to the class number in which the Pixar founders and animators that made the movie studied animation at California Institute of Arts. So they all, they all went to the same college scab and they all kind of studied animations and that was a specific class number. So in every movie, that class number is like somewhere in a movie. It's cool. Yeah, I'll 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 send you it. it it's actually pretty yeah. interesting. It was on it was on TikTok. I saw like wow. like if it's on a sign or if it's on like a like a like a road like something. There's something random. You can always find it. Hmm. Interesting.
2: Yeah, that I had no. I knew Pixar was, Pixar was venturing into some shit like that. But
1: uh, and then my second is uh, this is very interesting. Uh, but Tom Hanks is related to Abraham Lincoln. So, Abe Lincoln's mother was Nancy Hanks, and somewhere along the lines, is a direct relative to Tom Hanks. I think it's probably like a like a distant distant cousin. But I looked it up. I find these weird stuff on TikTok. This is all through TikTok. Mm-hmm. I saw Tom Hanks is related to Abraham Lincoln.
2: Yeah, that that sounds like some shit that TikTok. I, I'm not as active in the TikTok community. I'm I, I dabble in it here and there, yeah. but I that sounds like something you would find all, on on
1: because it was all yeah my my are like kind of just interesting just yeah. ra- random are we talk about random that's that's some random stuff
2: yeah uh, actually uh, all right so i have i have three kind of this week but like the it's not as random it's sports related uh shout out big baller brand we're back in the building uh langelo ball uh signed with detroit this past week on a non-guaranteed deal so all three ball brothers are um officially in the league i uh, lavar said stay in your lane and he was going to speak it into existence and uh, that's what i'm repping today um so I, I gotta i gotta mention that but um my my second or the third random thing rather is um have you have you seen what's going on with the monoliths that are that are being do you know oh, the thing
1: like the desert or whatever yeah it's, yeah
2: it's getting really really weird so there was a monolith that was in utah for a very very long length of time um and it randomly vanished Right. And so nobody had an explanation for it. And uh, a week removed from that, the the no explanation, the the monolith, um, there was another monolith that reappeared in Pine Mountain in Southern California. Right. And so then that was taken down or taken away by vandals. So then one appears in um, at a a thin air and vanishes in the same length of time in like the one in Utah and Romania. So there, there's a lot of weird shit going on right now with monoliths. And so for those of you wondering what a monolith is, the, the definition is uh, a monolith is a type of singular rock formation that makes kind of like this, like it's not like by the book definition, but it's kind of what I took from it, uh, from the definition and what I saw of it, which kind of makes like this MVP trophy on steroids looking thing um, to show up randomly in like random rock formation parts of the world. And it's, it, its functions are that it deals with the themes of alien existence, human evolution, uh, and artificial intelligence. So somebody otherworldly is really fucking with us right now. So it's not, it, it's very, very concerning.
1: Yeah. No, I, I saw that and I was like, I was like, what, what is, what is this?
2: Yeah. As soon as I saw that and it, I saw it cause it kept popping up on my timeline. I was like, Oh, Oh, random, random too, random. Yeah. Two.
1: yeah. <laughs> that Very <laughs> random. That's, yep. that's, that's the theme of this. This segment is, is random. Mm-hmm. And our randomness kind of concludes our show. Uh, that was episode 10 again. We're, we're kind of just, going through the trenches. Like we're just getting into it at week 10. Like that's wild.
2: Yep, yeah, absolutely. So uh, we'll see you guys next week and uh, stay tuned for more sports content from us uh, moving forward and uh, other things coming up soon that we'll announce on our Instagram and Twitter pages and as well as our personal Instagram and Twitter pages, I assume. So uh, stay tuned for that. And uh, we hope you tune into both of those things and you keep tuning into us every week as well. So uh, we'll catch you guys next week.